Josh Williams here, and welcome to another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast, guys, brought to you by Absolute Comedy, of course. And today I'm very excited. I actually get to sit down with a good friend of mine who I haven't seen or spent time with in a very, very long time. Uh, he's originally from uh, London, Ontario, tours all over North America performing stand-up. He was even the host of his own late-night talk show in London called, uh, what was it, London Tonight with Jeff Leeson. My buddy Jeff Leeson is here. Hey, man. How are you, buddy? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Not too shabby. So, Jeff's, Great intro, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I fantastic. Never, I never know how to do them. I didn't write anything down for this interview either. And yet you looked at the table the whole time as if you were Because I'm used reading. to them to be... I'm, I'm used to them being in front of me, so it's almost like maybe if I look down, there'll be if some structure. I wasn't structure. sitting right here, I would have thought you read that whole thing <laughs> off of the table. Nope. I'm just good at bullshitting. No. Great well, off the well top, done, man. Thanks, man. That was some top-notch bullshit. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank I. You. uh I know that you're you're not at Absolute this week. Usually, I get a chance to sit down with the guys who are who are at Absolute for the week. But this right. this week, you're just for for one show tonight. Which by the time people hear this, it's going to come out on Friday. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's over. It was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a show that was. Oh my god. Yeah, we can tell them from the highlights. Can you believe that? What happened? <laughs> my god, I've never seen someone do that at a live show before. They already know. They That's why already you know. always have to go? I mean, it was probably in the paper Thursday. It was in the paper Thursday yesterday. Was it? I yeah, mean, yesterday. Yeah. Did you read about it? Dude, that's the hardest thing. Every week I record my podcast on Tuesday and I'll talk about things that are like going to happen after the podcast, but they're listening to it on Wednesday. Right. So they're like, oh, wait, what? Last? Yeah. Right. So I have to keep track of my timelines. I feel like uh, it's a really bad Well, do- not in this episode because no. two days ago, the, the greatest event in the history of live <laughs> entertainment happened in Ottawa. As we now I know. really hope it something crazy does happen <laughs> so that all of this is. Yeah, accurate. I hope I'm not jinxing myself here, and right? some guy's gonna. Well, normally, me. normally we we have the the, the oh, guests can I coming. Swear? To, I just swear. yeah, you can. You don't you care. Can. No, okay. I don't give a shit. Good. Dude, the things I've said on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I I haven't been I haven't had my my not my Me Too moment, but I guess that's what I call it when people start losing their jobs. Did you lose your job there. from this? No, on this podcast, I could lose listenership. I guess. Oh, I see. Yeah, but all I know is fair. All I know is that people. People have lose you ever had them? somebody write to you and say, how dare yes. you? Really? Yes. Only once. Only once. And a lot of my listeners back me on that. But Man or a woman? Uh, if you were in Vegas and you had to bet red or black. <laughs> I, would, I would honestly <laughs> bet on, on a woman. There you and go. And an older woman. And, uh, no. Okay. So if you had to do two. Oh. See, that's that's where you start going with the numbers. You can bet red or black. Right. You go safe. You're 50-50 chance. But then you're like yeah. a woman. An older one. No. Now you're, now you're playing numbers. and you're, you're, yeah. you're Although, yeah. I guess the young... The the younger generation, I guess, is probably the most offended now, right? Yeah, and That's you know like what? It, thing. it actually wasn't fair of me to be like, well, if you had to guess, but I think because you know what, all of my most supportive listeners are all women too, right? So yeah, they are. They're very well. Like I've I don't have podcasts, but I know that uh, if if women, as in a comedy, right? If a woman really likes your show, it's it she'll tell you more than a guy. But if she doesn't, she'll also tell you right usually more than a guy, and in a much different way. It's a very well. It's a thought out. Here's why I didn't like this, and here are the reasons. And it's like right, a guy will just go, "You suck." <laughs> yeah, exactly. They basically will write a book report on a comedy act. Right. Yeah. They're exactly. Like, here's, exactly. Here's which what I, I kind of like. I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I, I would love that. that. Even if it was negative or positive feedback. If I got an email after every set from, from people who'd seen it, mm-hmm. oh, I would I would kill for that. Yeah. If you could that learn something and change something and be like, oh, yeah. okay. It's like, you suck. I'm it. like, so kill myself? Is what you're right, saying? yeah. Is that your you feedback? suck. You should stop doing this. Like, well, no. Why don't you change it, this thing and you'll be fine? Yeah. yeah. 
I would love that. <laughs> That'd be great. I just should, we should try. Maybe we'll have that figured out by the end of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the end. All right. Everybody, well, we usually have we, <laughs> we usually have the the guests episode on Friday, so they have an opportunity to come see all weekend at Absolute. You know, but then again, people tune in six months later, and it's way too late, anyways. The point right. is, is that you're here now, and I'll be back. That's the when you come back. I don't know. Okay. Who knows? That's true. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I will be back at the, some point. I'll make it a I'll make it a, a mission to get back to Ottawa, <laughs> just for the uh, the twelve listeners in this city that. Uh, That's that right, and hopefully they come and write to me after and you, tell me exactly what they liked or did not like. Do you know what's great? I have three friends, uh, super close friends, all live in London, Ontario. Oh man, super, thank God that was super regular. I thought you were about to just say, you know what's great? I have three friends. I have three friends. <laughs> I have three friends. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a kid at the dinner table? Guys, yeah. guess what? I have three friends. I have three friends. <laughs> I have three friends yeah, now. Good for you, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> School just, was good? Yeah, no, I have three friends. I have three friends. Yesterday I had two friends. Today I have three friends. My uh, my buddy's daughter, is uh, she, her her birthday was on the weekend, and she goes, uh, she goes, Jeff, guess what? And I go, what? She goes, I'm four. That was her whole, <laughs> yep. that was her whole thing. You know, and I and I died laughing because I was like, yeah, we did. As adults, we we don't ever. I would never go. Just hey, Josh, random what, things. What, what? Thirty-three. <laughs> thirty-three. That's it. Really That's all I want to tell you. I didn't know that though. That I was thirty-three. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought you were older than me. How old are you? Thirty-five. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I thought you were younger than. I thought I was older than you yeah. as well. You're taller. I am taller. So you yeah. win that race. Thanks, man. Age is not a race I ever want to win. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. I'm closer to death than you. Yeah. Well, not that we all hit like. I'm closer to the ceiling than you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the glass ceiling. No. Uh, <laughs> um, of being a white cisgen male. Wow. No. Um, so yeah, I got I got three uh, three friends in London, Ontario, who are who are regular listeners of the podcast. So oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, is there anywhere that comedy is being done in London right now? Um, yeah. Well, there's there's yuck yucks in London, Ontario. In London, yeah. Really? Yep. Um, I thought they closed down. They did for a while. They've, okay. they've so they've closed over the last like. I don't know, 10, 15 years, they've closed two locations and moved three times. Okay. Um, so now that it's actually really nice. It's in the, uh, Western fairgrounds by the casino. So it's like a really nice, they, the, I think the Western fair owns it. Okay. And so they just did it up like really nice. Only problem is that a lot of times they give free tickets to people who lost all their money at the casino. So, oh, so they're you get a lot of angry. Yeah. 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 You get a lot of, uh, I've only been there a couple of times. Um, cause I, I like, I don't work for them obviously. So yeah. I, I've been to see like buddies and it's also like $25 or something like that to go see a show. Really? Yeah. Or tw- I think it's 2350 and then plus tax or whatever. It comes out to like 20, 25 a person. Like yeah, that's, that's, that's a pricey night out. Yeah. But that's the thing is a lot of their tickets are giveaways. So I don't know how many people are paying the, the legit twenty five dollars, but yeah. who's in yeah. town? Donnie Coy. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I'm not gonna name names, but I saw a show there, and thank God the headliner was great. Headliner was Brian Hat. Okay. And he was fantastic. Uh, if if but it, the rest of the show was not twenty five dollars. No. I would have been angry if I was. What do you think? I'd know who the other acts were. Yeah, you'd know all of them. Oh, of really? Um, That's hilarious. No, you wouldn't know the. The host, you wouldn't. I didn't. I, to be yeah. honest, they were, they were amateur. It was three amateur comedians from Toronto. Oh. One was hosting, which, as you know, is like brutal. Right. And he had no control over the crowd. So it was, it was a very rocky start. Especially if they're already pissed off and whatnot. You got to really be ready to, to keep their attention. Yeah. And I mean, it was a pretty packed, like, it, it pretty packed room. I, again, I don't know how many of the people paid to get in, but 
I know that the table <laughs> right in front of ours definitely paid to get in because there was a guy just getting angrier and angrier. And I mean, Brian saved the whole show. I, I think they would have had people complaining after, to be honest, if, if yeah, he didn't do he so great. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, and, the, and so, I mean, it was just like the host I had never met, one of them I knew, but I also knew uh, where in, you know, like where her where career he was. Where was. order, okay. And, uh, and then the other guy was like a guest set, which is fair, five to seven minute guest set, and he probably had the set of the night. Out of the other three? Out of the other three uh. by a slim margin, got them like at the end. I think he had a pretty good closer. Yeah. And, and then... um yeah, but I mean, the, the, it was the host because he had to keep coming back. And, they, and when they don't like you, oh, that's the worst. I hated them. They, that's the worst. If you're like, well, I got to go back out there and try the, to get the, the guy in front of the table, like the the table right in front of the guy on the end. He when the the third time he came back out when he was about to introduce Brian, he comes he comes back out and the guy goes oh, and just throws his hands up in the air. So mad, so mad. <laughs> so I I asked this of all of my guests. Um, is what, I mean, it's the, it's the classic, classic question we get asked, but how, what, what got you started into comedy? Now you started in London, Ontario. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So what, started, what were you doing beforehand and what got you into comedy? So I, st- okay. So I started comedy when I was 14 years old. Really? And what, ha- what started it was when I was in public school or elementary school, whatever, mm-hmm. I would watch, uh, just for laughs and comedy at club 54 every day after school, they were on back to back, like three 30 mm-hmm. and four or whatever. And so every single day I'd watch comedy. I was just, I was just like fascinated with the fact that these guys were on television just telling jokes. It was, it was like mind blowing to me. Yeah. And, and so I was a quiet kid. Like I was pretty shy and like reserved and I didn't cause problems. I wasn't a class clown. I wasn't an asshole. I wasn't like the kid always in trouble for, you know how Jim Carrey and, and, uh, who is it? Jim Carrey and Howie Mandel. Uh, they talk about their teacher that let them do stand up at the end of the oh, okay. at the end of the week. Uh, they were like, oh, Jamie Fox. Okay, um, yeah, they they had teachers in in elementary school that were like, if you shut up all week, <laughs> I'll let you do you know ten minutes on Friday, and you can just go nuts and just work on your stuff, right? Yeah, I wasn't that kid. I was I was quiet. But every year we had to make like a like a presentation, like you had to do a speech about whatever you wanted. And book reports and stuff, I would always choose the oral presentation over the written portion. Right. right. If you had a choice. And I would always just like make people laugh. It was, it was just like, it sort of came naturally to me, I guess. My whole family was funny. So I guess that's where I got it from. And so they, they it just came naturally. And the feeling of that laughter was like, whoa, this is like, yeah. I love this. But then I would be super quiet. All my report cards say, Jeff doesn't say a word until until he has to, and then he's hilarious. Like my mom saved all these things, and if you skim through, it's like we didn't even know he was in this class until we had to do the kill a mockingbird report or whatever. So uh, anyway, so because of those speeches alone, I was voted valedictorian of my grade eight class. Not okay. not academically, just from being able to give a good speech. You get voted in by your peers, like by all the kids, and then I did the the speech, and I wrote like some roasty type things of the teachers and did a whole thing about us going to high school and what that's going to look like. It was kind of stand up-y. Right, right. Crushed and got a standing ovation. And remember, like I was standing on that stage looking as people started to stand up being like, what the fuck are they doing? Why are you standing? Yeah, yeah. And then, but that wave of, of, 
um like the energy, energy. Yeah, yeah that that just hit me so hard and i was like okay whatever that is i don't know what that was but i have to feel that every day for forever yeah like, because that's like a drug and and not knowing what that even meant and then <coughs> realizing at watching just for last comedy club 54 being like hey they seem to be getting what i'm yeah looking for which is feedback of applause you know laughter from the crowd and whatever so at 14 i said to my mom i was like i think i want to pursue comedy and thankfully she was like okay well how do you do that thinking at the time he's a teenager and this is a phase right and he's gonna just try this and be like oh that was whatever um and so I said, uh, so I researched it somehow. I don't know how I found out, but I found out you do five minutes and that, and that we had a yuck yucks in London. And my mom, when I was 14, my mom's like, you are not doing yuck yucks because she had been to a yuck yuck show. She had seen how, um, crazy it can get. Like she went to like a late show Saturday or whatever. Oh, right, right. And just the, like a comic was getting heckled and she's like, I'm not, I can't let you do that. She goes, but if you want to do stand up, let's put on a show. Let's invite friends, family. I played hockey at the time. So let's invite your hockey team, their parents, all that kind of stuff. Wow. Let's throw a show. If you can handle that, then we can talk about going forward. So my very first time on stage, I did 30 minutes okay. of whatever the material was about family and friends and whatever in front of friends and family. And then do you remember how many people were there? Uh, I would say there's probably about 35, maybe 40 people. We did it at my mom's, uh, work in the auditorium at her, oh. at her place of business. And, uh, that's where pretty cool. She actually got you a venue. Yeah, she did. She, she got me a venue, probably like half the crowd. I figured your backyard, like a, like a, like a, the poor man's wedding. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like it was like set up, honestly, like a, it was almost like a, like an HBO special where I, really? I was like, I was in an office in a dressing room or whatever. And then, and, and uh there was i forget if we i think it was just me that year i think the only thing people came for was me okay and i thought i was going to talk for an hour i was certain that i had a 60 minute show mm -hmm. and it was 30 and it was 30 with stretching right. like with with like to sort of crowd work I, there was like a kid there that i did something with and it was it was uh it was very but it but it wasn't great but it was good enough and and was was that feeling that I was looking for enough to be like, okay, I got to do that again. And over the next couple of years till I was 16, me and some buddies that were in a band, we threw these things called music and laughs. And we would they would do music and I would do comedy and we would switch who was going on last or who was um, headlining, whatever you want to call right, it, right, the right, show. Right. And uh, so we did a bunch of those. And then when I was 16, finally... Uh, my mom, after a sh after the final music and laugh show, I had a heckler and I just destroyed this heckler. And, and my mom's like, okay, you can, you can do yuck yucks. So I did it for the first time when I was 16. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And the first time you did yucks, did you have a bunch of friends turn out as well or? Um, the, f no, the first time, no, because, um, cause we burned through our friends and family early on. When very early. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something like, in the music and laughs, they were probably like, Oh, we've seen them. Yeah. They were, they were the yuck yucks thing. Most of them would have gone, but it was a school night. Oh, okay. And 16, I mean, you're, you're a teenager, so you're like not, but it was like an eight thirty show and over by 10 o'clock or whatever. So a lot of the parents, a had to go with the kids because they're 16 too young to get in unless they have a parent right 
so they were they were very much like um uh, not allowed to go like i don't think any of, i don't think any of my actual friends were there two parents went um and my whole family was there my mom my grandma i think my great grandparents went to the very very first show i wore a suit uh <laughs> with no no dress shirt no tie it was like one of those silky shirts like i looked like a junior mob boss okay. I, I looked like the the executive <laughs> assistant to the head of the mob who's like wanted to be him one day I slicked my hair back. I wanted to look older too. I was trying because I knew, and I was easily like 20 years younger than everyone on the show. Minimum. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There weren't any like 20 year olds doing. Wow. No. And, oh, here, here's another thing is this is how I got this. Okay. So I find out Yuck Yucks does an amateur night and they okay. do it on Wednesday nights and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday were their pro shows. And so I called up. And uh, they booked me on a Wednesday night for an amateur night. Excuse me. And on the Tuesday, the night before that the thing's supposed to happen, they call my house, house phone, and they say uh, that because I was the only person who signed up, because at that time, I was the only person, I think, in London who even was trying to do stand-up or whatever. There may be, maybe been one other guy that came along later or whatever, but... Um, anyway, so I was, I was the only person who signed up for this amateur night. So they call on Tuesday and they're like, I'm, we're really sorry, but we can't, we can't book, have you on the show because you're the, you're the only one and we can't do a show with just you. Yeah. And I was just crushed. It was like, um, it was like somebody told me you have your own show and we're going to pay you a million dollars. Yeah. And then they call back and we're like, nah. the network's been canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like that. Like, that's how I looked at it. I was devastated. I'm 16. So I go upstairs and I, I'm like, mom, yeah, I can't go. She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't, they're, they're canceling it. She's like, hold on. She leaves. Okay. She goes into her room. She comes back 10 minutes later. She goes, okay, you're on Thursday. You're opening the pro show. You got your, like, she didn't say guest, but she didn't know what, no, 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 but she was like, like, I put you on the show. You're doing it on Thursday. And I'm like, how did you do that? And she's like, she's like, I don't even remember what she said. Like, don't worry about it or just, I called them. I worked it out. You're on, you're on Thursday. Get ready. It's five, you know, five minutes or whatever. So the first time I ever did Yuck Yucks was a pro show. Was a pro show um, and, and I was the opener of the show. So how'd you do? Um, <laughs> I, I still have it. I still have it on VHS uh, and I, I watched it not too long ago. It was okay. Uh, like it, again, it was, it was enough to I got, keep going. I got heckled pretty early on by this by this girl um who n- like not a bad heck it was like you, you you're you're sexier like whatever something weird like that <laughs> something yelled that at yeah. the 16 year old <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah. but she was young yeah. too she was probably 21 at the time maybe so and i looked when i was 16 looked maybe 18 or 19 so i mean she maybe you know what i mean she she Probably thought we that's were still around. hot. If you had closed that, that'd be a really impressive. Story. Oh, it would have been amazing, especially with my whole family there. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Yeah, my, my like, great ah, grandparents are there. Sorry, like, mom, I don't need to ride home in the middle. Grandpapa, appreciate gonna... you coming out. I'm gonna <laughs> grab the bus with this young lady or old lady compared to me. I guess <laughs> grab the bus. Yeah, <laughs> she's 21. She's probably driving. She was probably driving. Yeah, I certainly was not yet. Um, but yeah, man. So I did. Uh, I did okay. I mean, it was. Again, it was enough to 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 like keep me going. It was enough to be like, again, that feeling. It was all about that feeling. I got that rush, that uh, that 
drug adrenaline rush that you get and and was just like i have to do this i have to do this as many times as possible problem was in london there was they canceled the amateur night completely and so i would go a lot to hamilton and niagara falls a little bit in toronto but toronto club was hard super to hard into. to get on yeah uh, you know how i got on it finally i would call in every week they had that call in you know try to get on thing you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah so I would call in every week. They would never call back. And I thought, it's probably because I'm in London. I'm giving them a 519 area code. Like, why would they? They have, you know, tons of people in Toronto, I'm sure. So one time we went to Toronto to watch a show at the Laugh Resort, I think. Okay. And then my mom and I went to Yuck Yucks and it was happened to be open mic or amateur night. And there was the list. And my mom said, just go ask them if you can go on. Just tell them you're here. Say you've been calling. And I'm like... I freaked out. I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Like, they're not going to like that at all. And she's like, well, you're here. How often are you in Toronto? Just go and ask, ask if yeah. you go on the fucking show. Yeah. And so I did. And it was, it was Ron Jossel. Okay. Was, I walked in this green room. It was Ron Jossel. Um, uh, uh, who else was in this? It was like an all-star lineup now, right? Of of guys like, but they were all up and comers at the time. Yeah, I yeah. mean they weren't amateurs. They were probably guys that were working their clubs, maybe opening though or right. emceeing, but probably not headline. Maybe Ron was headlining yeah. at the time because I think it was around the time of his comedy now. Okay, and basically everybody that was in that room, uh, I started seeing them on TV within two years of meeting them in that room. I was like, what the hell? That was the guy that was on the. Uh, on the show or some of them I knew already from like a couple of them uh, were had been on comedy at club 54. There's a couple like older guys in there as well that I was like, holy shit. Um, I think Glenn Foster actually might've been one of the guys there or no, he, sorry, he was in London. He was one of the guys anyway. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So I, I went up and I was like, Hey guys, uh, I'm really sorry to bother you, but, is, is there somebody I could talk to about possibly getting on the show? And they all looked at me like, what the hell? And I think out of sheer curiosity of like, let's see what this kid can do. Cause I was, you know, again, 20 years probably or at least 15 years younger than everybody else in the room. Right. So I'm like, uh, they're, they're like, uh, yeah, I guess. And they go ask, uh, whoever the manager was at the time. And they're like, ask Ron. Ron Joss, I think, was hosting. And I think he said, like, go ask Ron if he's cool with it. And they had a dropout. They, they go, so well, as luck would have it, somebody didn't show up. Uh, and I think the deal was if they do, you're off. But if they don't, then you're on or something. So I, oh, I, I sat there for a few. And they're like, he's not coming. So go ahead. So I did it. Wow. Yeah. How was that? Bomb per, oh, really hard. Yeah. Super hard. Yeah. Yeah, that was well. One when of you're the dealing early... with a show with monster after monster on it, it's yeah. hard to hold your own in comparison with the other. Acts. It was also the the a very limited crowd. It, like, I mean, there was probably twelve, maybe fifteen people in the in the crowd. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it was a Wednesday tougher. night. Um, uh, maybe it, no, it was a Wednesday night, and uh, it was weird because the headline, like, whatever we show we were at, was packed. Maybe it wasn't a com. Maybe it wasn't a comedy club. Maybe it was like a second city or something. But anyway, that was packed. We went over. So it was kind of the first time that I saw 
uh, this like really small audience too because yeah. most of the other shows I had done were at least sort of half full like the club was like at minimum half full and people were there to support these people they weren't it wasn't like everybody was crushing and I bombed it was like everybody was semi-struggling but good enough to hold their own and I just didn't have it yet so yeah, yeah. I just ate shit and it's funny too like a lot of people think that uh like it's so funny to me I, I would rather perform in front of 10,000 people than seven do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. the idea of performing for nobody is infinitely more terrifying to me than oh, like, oh, we got 10,000 people out in this arena. Right. All right, let me add them. You know, like at least that, that energy can come from that big crowd, but that energy that we're looking from, it's like six people spread out. You're like, oh, this is a nightmare. Right. I would An rather, absolute nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, Yeah. However, I would rather do six people super into a show mm -hmm. than 10,000 people who don't want to be there. Yeah, but I can't imagine getting 10,000 people into a place who just don't want to be there. But, but they like, would revolt against the like person who made them for keep a band. There. You know how, have you ever heard these old oh, like, that, school stories? That, yeah, that like, aren't there for you. They're not there yeah. for even comedy. They're like there for something else. Yeah, you learn early in your career. Like, it's so funny the amount of amateurs. Like, someone will post on a comedy group and be like, hey, we got this uh, big charity night. We're going to have some bands. We need a comedian to go on in between the band. Who wants it? And all these amateurs are like, I'll do it. And like, right. yeah, that'll probably be the last time you do that. Oh, and yeah. you're going to make comedy look bad because how do you follow music? You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's the energy that comes from, from music is so much. And then, Oh, hey guys, uh, what's the deal with, um, right. and it went from lively. Yeah. And their energy's high. Like I can't, what the fuck is this? Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's basically like at the end of a concert when they just turn on lights and everything and, you know, you know, one of the one <laughs> the of roadies the, are louder on stage talking to each other than totally, man. Then you go people hey, are at the back. Everybody, Everybody's conversations are exposed right. too. It's like that music comes to a yeah. head, and then you <laughs> the hear the needle scratch. So I didn't mean to cheat on my wife. Whoa, wait, what, what, what happened? Yeah. Um, I but you know, found the body. I did. <laughs> I did a uh, when I was sixteen, seventeen. There was a uh, two open mics in London that were open to anything you could do you could do music poetry m magic comp whatever you wanted and i signed up for them all the time and it was just me and a bunch of musicians yeah and it was so awkward so uncomfortable but probably where i learned the most about being comfortable with silence in a room yep. and being like all right well i'm just gonna say these words and figure out how to spew this off and then i'll get out of here and uh, we'll bring up uh, this next guy. Yeah, you know, it's like the Pyme uh, two-inch punch or whatever. You're what? like from Kill Bill. <laughs> you know the one where she's stuck in a box and she has to learn how to punch I gotta, when the board's two inches ahead. So it's like you learn the chops, you learn how to be comfortable in an uncomfortable environment, learn how to work and get the job done in, in bad conditions. I totally understand the uh, the metaphor or the whatever you call it. I've never seen Kill Bill. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a whole part of the thing where he's trying to teach her how to punch through a board, but like basically her hands touching the end, she has to like punch like that. Right. Yeah, and she like hurt, ble right? bleeds up. Oh, well, that's the whole. That's that's the whole point, though. Right. Is that as she's practicing and she's busting her knuckles up and they're bleeding and everything like that, and then later on in the movie, she's in a position where she needs exactly that, and it makes perfect sense. I'm not ruining it. Great, great movies, by the way. If you like anything by Tarantino, I heard. I've, I've heard that they're. I have had. Okay. <laughs> Something you probably don't know about me because I keep it hidden as long as I can. You don't like good movies? It's not that I don't even like them. It's just I have I always am the guy who has never seen them. Okay. So people will do a reference from them 
as just happened. Right. And I'll, I'll sometimes I'll laugh a lot. If, if we're in a group right now, <laughs> Cause you're like, what the fuck I'd be are like, you talking yeah, about? <laughs> right. Yeah, buddy. I know. Exa- but I wouldn't have any clue, but, but, uh, all the time I'm in situations with people that are like, you know, the thing from whatever I was just, uh, with Nick Burton last night and he mentioned like a star Wars reference from which star Wars, though? New, one of the new ones. Yeah. See, I get it. That I, I, get. I haven't like, seen all of them. Yeah. I mean, I saw the old ones when I was a kid, but I, yeah. if even if he referenced something from them that wasn't like something everybody would know, I would never get it. But he was like, you know, it was like, really? Looks like, yeah. Is it that you don't see movies or is it you don't get references? Because <laughs> even apparently if you've seen the movie and you forget them. No, no, it's it's totally about the references. It's it's not about the uh, the movies. I'll, so, so, okay, then uh, here's the thing. When I was in, uh, when I was in my 20s, there was a shitload. I think I had like a one year period where I watched a shitload of action movies and horror movies and just all these movies that were super classic that I'd never seen growing up. Because I was raised single mom. Right. Oh, me and too. Yeah. So we didn't watch the action shit because my mom didn't give a fuck about that. Right. Right. I mean, I knew Steel Magnolias and Forrest Gump and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> but I, we never watched any action movies. So, like, I'll just as an example, like the Aliens movies. Die Hard movies, yep. uh, Lethal Weapons, yep. Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, yep. I'm trying to think of some of the other action ones. Like I knew Term- Terminator was way too big to never see. I've never seen it. You're full of shit. No, I've never You've seen You've never it. seen one of the most iconic movies of I've all time. I've never seen Terminator or any yeah, of Yeah, well, I would imagine you wouldn't start with the third one. So, okay. <laughs> I didn't start with any so, of them. So how many uncles molested you when you were a kid? To, to put I don't you have any dog? uncles either. Because they were all murdered after that. <laughs> I think you repress <laughs> too much. <laughs> I don't have any uncles that I know about. All right. Whatever they did, I was too. Maybe young that's to remember. the thing. Maybe that's maybe that's what happens to most of us. We get touched by our uncles, and then we watch movies to forget. And you're like, no, I had a good life. I uh, I had a great. Out, I I was about ha- selling was lemonade at a things, stand man. in my childhood. <laughs> I, was, I get shit for this all the time, man. I get. I get so st- then, what do you watch in your spare? T- I mean, I, I know that as a comic, you don't have a lot of spare time. A lot of us are doing things all the time. But but there's got to be. What did you watch growing up then? Oh, man. Because you already referenced you really the Just for me. Laughs in the Club at 54, and I get that. I watched the yeah. same shit. Um, Seinfeld you, was my favorite show okay. of all time. Um, you know what I really liked in high school? What's that? I, I, don't, I don't know how many people I've even told this to. Friends. I was a huge Friends fan. Okay. I just loved that show in high school. I, you know, It was what? very popular. I probably would still watch it now. Like I, I could probably easily turn it on and just get into an episode, but I haven't tried that for a while because... I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> I don't want to. Have learn you ever now watched that movies was... that you watched as a kid as an adult and gone, "Oh, this is garbage"? Yeah, Home Alone, uh, the first or second one, the the or both. You no, know, it was the second one that I saw recently. Not as good, and not that it's because it's still hilarious that this kid is beating up these guys or whatever. But just some of the acting in it, I didn't realize as a kid was like. Oh man, that guy is shit. Yeah, Macaulay like, Culkin's a pretty pathetic actor. When you look at some of the movies well, he like, did as a kid, like he yeah, he just says something and wander. And off. Richie Rich was uh, was another movie that I loved. That I, I have not seen that as an adult, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that there's some pretty uh, weird shit in in Richie Rich as well. Well, it, it's funny. Like I said, that that one year that I was watching all these movies I'd never seen and was like, oh, I got I got to check these out. They're way too iconic, right? Like there's still movies I haven't seen. I've never seen Grease. Oh, I, see, I, I fell asleep during Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I've I, seen Grease and Grease too. Yeah, the one with uh, who was in the second one? Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. I, that's the one. But yeah. the guy was some no name, right? Uh, yeah, the guy was uh, 
Uh, yeah, I don't even know who who he is yeah. or was. So I went back and I watched a lot. So I watched all the Aliens movies. I watched the Predator. Right. I watched all these different action ones. Like I watched all the Diehards. Okay. So and some of them I got to say some of them I watched and I go oh I get why this movie was popular and then some of them I watched and I went nah I guess it was one of those ones that was good at the time like right. I even I even rewatched the Ninja Turtles movies when oh. I was in my twenties and the first one still good now is that Secret of the Ooze no that's the second that's one. that's the second one. that okay. is the hackiest shit if you the second one is garbage now if you watch it oh damn it's I so hacky <laughs> I used to so love that hacky movie. well the first Gremlins movie was supposed to be a horror. Oh, never seen Gremlins either. You've never seen, yeah, you, well, you must have. Not mm-hmm. even parts of it. Um, you know like, what Gizmo is, right? I know, you know what who Gizmo he is. is. Yeah, yeah. You know that Howie Mandel did the voice of Gizmo? No, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, so Howie, oh, wow, Howie Mandel really? was the voice of, yeah, Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo. Are, are the Gremlins the ones that get crazy after midnight or something? Okay, so here's how them? it works. They are, they are the little furry things. Gizmo is what's called a mogwai. Okay. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he's called. And they have these rules. One <laughs> of them is don't expose them to bright light. Because bright light kills them, right? Uh, don't don't get them wet, and don't feed them after midnight, and that's that's the rules. And so okay. so here's what happens: bright light, sunlight kills them. So bright light, they hate bright light. Sunlight kills them. Okay. So the vampire esque in that regard. Okay. You get them wet, and they multiply. So it's like oh. a, they start their backs bubble and balls pop out of them like popcorn, and then grow and become. Not necessarily duplicates, but just more. They're not, they're not identical twins or anything. They have different characteristics. But you get them wet, they multiply. Wow. Uh, and that's whether they're mogwais or gremlins. The gremlins are ones that are like green and scaly and scary looking. Right. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're like cute little gizmos. You get them wet, they turn into more little gizmos. But once you feed them after midnight, if you feed them after midnight, they they go into these cocoons and then they hatch as the gremlins, the green scaly oh, things. Oh, and then they, they try to kill you? Well, they're more of like mischievous. Like, like, but like they're, yeah, they're almost like, yeah, they're like drunk 16 year old males, oh, you know, okay. they just trash shit and, and start right. fucking around and start and trying to shoot you with nail guns and stuff. Is there a way to no. get them back to no, you kill them with bright light. Oh, they die the same way. You, you kill them with bright light. Yeah. All of them in, in both their forms is the same. Bright light kills them. Right. Don't get them wet. They multiply. Don't. Well, I mean, I guess if you feed once, now, they're, once a they're a gremlin, they're a gremlin. You don't. Right. You can't feed them again. And he turns back into a mogwai. But right. but the idea is when they turn to gremlins, they also hate Gizmo, and he's the source of all of them because it's always him that has them multiply off of them, right? Oh, so like wow. someone spills a glass of water on him or something, and he, he sort of has like a seizure and they pop out of his back, and then there's a little little furry ones. Everything's so cute or whatever, but then they get wet. Like there's a there's a scene in the first one. Spoiler alert from the eighties. <laughs> Uh, but for you who've never seen the movie, there's a scene at the end where, you know, they, they end up getting a bunch of them. And then the last one stripe, uh, jumps, plugs his nose and jumps into a pool and fucking multiplies like insane. Oh God. Right. And then, and I, and I can't remember how they end up. I think they, they stick them in a movie theater. Cause they're, again, they're goofy, like they're goofy mischievous. So get them all to a movie theater to watch fucking cartoons on, on the movies or whatever. And they're all wicked into it. And then they like, drop the fucking screen and the sunlight kills them all or whatever. Oh, wow. well, most of them except for Stripe and then Stripe gets killed his own way later. What about on. Gizmo? Does he die? No, Gizmo's fine. Gizmo's good. You can't kill Gizmo. Gizmo's, Gizmo's not a, a bad one. Right. You know? When they're regular Mogwais too, they're like goofy and silly, but they look cute. And then they turn to Gremlins and they're but just complete assholes. But if you fed Gizmo with like, after midnight, yeah, he'd turn he... into one. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's the, that's the simple three rules. That's what why that's why there's so many comics who make the fucking joke, oh, don't feed them after midnight, because basically the, the idea is feeding them after midnight makes them get even worse. Right. There was a, there, <laughs> there was a, uh, a sequel done to it, 
But here, the idea was in the first one, they tried to make it like a horror movie. There were scary moments of it. But at the same time, it's also like Jim Henson-esque, like scary puppets doing right. things. So the second one, they made it much more of a comedy. They tried oh, okay. to make it silly. Well, uh, the, this very long story leading to that's kind of what happened with the Ninja Turtles. The first movie was like very dark and actiony. And then Secret of the Ooze, they tried to make it more funny and more silly. And it lost a lot of the intensity and the... The What's the one with Super Shredder? Second one. That's Secret, Secret, Secret of the, of the But just the very end of the Which movie. was professional wrestler Kevin Nash, was by it? the way. Yeah. You a wrestling fan? I, well, I know who that is. Okay. I'm underwhelmed by the piece of trivia. <laughs> I don't Kevin have, Nash played Super Shredder? Oh, I don't have that. much uh, <laughs> trivia. Like, I, There's not very many things where people, especially about movies, as you can clearly tell. But if Did uh, you see Pulp Fiction? Recently, actually. Okay. And it was phenomenal. Right, loved. And was your first time ever seeing it? Yes. Okay. So, did that? You know, did that get you excited about maybe going back and seeing some other movies that you've missed? Yeah, like, and it's not even that I'm against watching them or that I think I wouldn't like them. It's just it. It was I was very into comedies as a as a kid in high school, like. Ace Ventura. So that you did. You did not see that. You saw that. You've seen Dumb and Dumber. I've seen the mask. All that probably classic comedy. If it was a comedy. Right. Um, and it came out in the 90s or even late 80s and 2000s. I've probably seen it. And some that aren't even like, why would you ever see that? I didn't see Uncle Buck until probably like the last five years. Okay, yeah. See, and I, I wasn't overly impressed with it when I saw it. I love John Candy. Right, right. So you had seen Ghostbusters as a kid, right? Uh, Ghostbusters, yeah. Like the, um, I probably saw, how many did they do? Two? Two. So I've sac- definitely seen the first one. The second one, I'm not sure on, but I'm, I've definitely. Where they seen make the, the Statue one. of Liberty walk through the city or whatever. Is that number one? That's the second one. That's the second one. Yeah. Oh, I probably haven't seen that one then. Really? Yeah. Those are comedies. Wait. Do they make the Puff Man? That's the first one. Oh, okay. Well, I've seen Puff Man. Yeah, Stay Puff, Stay Puff, Marshmallow Man. What about is is the? Do they get fired? I don't know. They get in trouble both movies. Right. They get in trouble in the so in the first movie, it's they're going after Zool, where the apartment building's haunted. Yeah. They gotta go they gotta go, you know, gatekeeper and keymaster. Right. 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 They make all that shit happen the first one. The second one, there's a haunted uh, picture in a gallery. Oh, the picture, the gallery. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I That's have the second seen one. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I have definitely seen that then. Yeah. And those see those scared the shit out of me as a kid. They were comedies, but they were scary. Right. Like I remember those dogs in the first one, right? When they break out of the statues and the fucking the dog thing, dude. You have a horrible memory. You I cannot. Do, yeah, yeah. You can't say, "Oh, it's the references." No, no not on that <laughs> one. Ghostbusters is crazy iconic. No, I've well, I've seen the <laughs> Ghostbusters. It's well, just I once thirty years ago. That yeah, that's what I mean. That was the first movie I ever saw one in theaters. Time, apparently, thirty years ago. It came out the year I was born, and my parents took me to the theater. Apparently, I was running up and down. The, there was they were the only ones in the theater. Eighty three. We born in eighty three. Yeah. Okay. So that it came out in eighty three. And my parents took me to it like North Bay and there was no one else during the day in the theater. So I was like running. Yeah. I was running around the theater, whatever. Yeah. And then as soon as they blast on the proton packs, very, very cool special effects for the eighties. Oh yeah. Blast on the proton packs. Apparently I would stop and like stare at the screen when that was happening. And then it got, got chatty again. I'd start running up and down the aisles again. Interesting. Yeah. Big, big played a big part in your, uh, in your life. I'm, it hurts me. I can't tell you how much that you haven't seen it or don't remember. No, no. I have um, seen it, but I don't remember the dogs from the statues. But I definitely remember that like picture. Re- it's like a relationship argument. I was listening. I just don't remember what you said, honey. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, was I, I, I think I'm one of those people that I would have to see a movie multiple times 
for for references specifically. I would definitely I agree with that now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how you're like, ah, it's, I think it's the reference. Like Ace Ventura, I could do both movies. I could do front to back, probably no problem. But I've just seen them so many times. <laughs> yeah. See that I get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what other ones like. I, yeah, there's. I'm trying to think of the comedies back then. I know there was a lot of John Hughes stuff, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club. See, I haven't seen Breakfast Club. I know parts of it and I know the references. Is but that I was, the one where they're all in detention? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, I, and here's the thing too is I, uh, I was like late to the party on a lot of really big like Goodfellas. Have you seen Goodfellas? Martin Scorsese um, gangster movie? No, I have not seen the missed, movie. That's one movie, of the best. Uh, but I've seen the like the full movie. <laughs> okay, but I've seen the the like funny funny how like yeah that, you know those scenes oh you like have to see scenes. you have to see the whole movie and they're one of the most iconic movies of all time like did you ever you watch, don't know how many times i've had these did like, you ever watch animaniacs well shut them up and see the movies <laughs> i have fucking time to watch all these <laughs> yeah you movies. do i don't man you start start taking kanga ride in between cities and then you can sit there on your phone and what watch a movie kanga ride? so it's like a ride sharing thing so think of uber except it's in between cities so when you're going to toronto instead of you driving you pay like 30 bucks and and you catch a ride with someone else and they drive you to toronto but then what do i do once i'm in toronto well you either take the metro or you take ubers oh my god i'd much rather drive i love being in a car well you get you get to be in a car in those both of those other scenarios, I suggest. I like my own car. Do you have to share it with other people? Maybe. Like, oh, yeah, Maybe. See, I, can't, I can't do that. Why not? If you put get a nice pair of headphones and you download the movies, you get to catch up socially. And then when you get there, everyone's not yelling at you because you've, you've sheltered yourself <laughs> from seeing movies. You've never seen Terminator. You haven't seen Goodfellas. I know. I'm trying to pick one that the ladies would want me to be like, well, those aren't the only ones. You haven't seen Terms of Endearment. <laughs> No, I, I haven't. Have. No, no, I you haven't. haven't. There no. you go. But I have seen a lot of romantic comedies. I, I'm, I like. I them. believe it. Yeah, uh, dude, I've seen a lot of them too. What's yeah. your favorite rom com? Oh, tough one. Um, I really like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. I, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Kate Hudson pisses me off. Does she? I yeah. think you'd like her in this. She's pretty likable. I think you'd like her in this. She's pretty likable. No, she I, does. She does um, torment him for the for the sake of the. Of the bet that they make in the movie. Yeah. But like when she's her normal self in the movie, she's really cool. The character, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey is wicked. Uh, I yeah, love that guy. Oh, buddy. He's like the coolest guy ever. You're angry. Did you know now. his? No, did I didn't you know? mean to make you no, angry. No, no, I'm not angry. I try not to let these fucking movie you try topics tell people? come up. Yeah, I try to keep everybody off. Do you that like topic. movies or like, listen, can we not talk about it? <laughs> I should have sent a, a worst, contract too. before this. Stay away from these yeah, topics. Don't talk about movies. I don't even know what the... I, I made a small little Kill Bill reference. I know. About being uncomfortable in a situation. I know. I hate and it. Now all the time. That's fucking all the time. hilarious. And you know what's interesting is usually, usually even if I haven't seen the movie, like if somebody says, I'll be back, I obviously know that's from Terminator or if somebody's okay. talking about something usually i'll know like the main references from a movie right so that i don't look like an idiot who hasn't seen yeah but movie. it's because people have said what they're from exactly like did you ever watch animaniacs when you were a kid oh uh yeah that was yakko wacko and dot <laughs> it, one of them was a girl right they're like a sister <laughs> yes <laughs> so is this one of those uh, you know just enough one of them's a girl right no i used to watch uh uh Animania, was it on with like? Because I watched uh, Goofy, uh, 
You know, what was that? Have you heard of Mickey Mouse? Is that a thing that you're not quite familiar with? Is that the one with the Goofy? That's a character out of a group. That's no, not not Animaniacs, but Goofy Animaniacs had uh, Goof Troop. Remember Goof Troop? Yeah, Goof Troop and DuckTales and all yeah, that Duck stuff. Yeah, DuckTales. Like, I watched all those when I was when I was young. But Animaniacs was not, because Animaniacs was Warner Brothers. And what right. would happen is Animaniacs, I think they had... Uh, Didn't they used to come out tunes. of the tower? There's Tiny Tunes. Yes, they would come they out of the Warner Brothers the, Tower. Yeah. yeah, see? There okay. you go. Well, that's unfortunately that's not. Give me the, something I can work with. That's not the part of the show that I need you to remember, right? Fuck. <laughs> but there which was, I think is the intro. There of was. The show. Do you remember the pigeons on the show? There was a bunch of pigeons. No. They would fight with each other all the time. Yeah. And argue, and the and the the pigeons were called good feathers. Oh. And one of them would always be like, "Oh, you're this. What do you mean I'm this? Well, you like this. What do you, so what do you mean how? How am I like? And they were basically recreating that scene from Goodfellas. Oh, good. Almost feathers. every single time that they were on they would have that moment where they were doing but it was called good feathers and it was like three up to no good pigeons or whatever interesting but since you didn't remember the animaniacs <laughs> reference either i couldn't say hey look here's a piece of pop culture that was in listen your i'll give you that i should what's your favorite movie what's your favorite movie ace Ventura, pet detective that's it of that's all my time favorite of all time saw yeah. movie 1991 and you're like you just dropped the the mic <laughs> That, was it. that's that it. did it for me. I don't need to ever every see every movie ever. I don't been need compared to, to that. <laughs> really? Yeah, man. It's like, what did you think of Child's Play? You're like, mm. there wasn't a, there wasn't a missing dolphin in that one. <laughs> no, there wasn't. Dan Marino didn't make did an appearance. Ever see, did you ever see Child's Play? Don't even know what that is. No, really, Chucky Sounds... the killer doll. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I never saw any of the Chucky <laughs> stuff. I know who Chucky is though. What was the last movie you saw? Um. I don't know if my my listeners are as engaged in this as I am, but I'm so invested in finding out how do you live a life with no movies. The last is that what watching Frazier or Seinfeld? Oh, poor, I can't blame Frazier for that. Seinfeld. Frazier, I watched a lot of. I know a Did lot you? of Frazier. Oh yeah, okay, that's one of my favorite shows. Doctor uh, Martin Crane. He's not a doctor. Doctor Frazier Crane. Martin Crane's the fat, the dad. Yeah, he's dead. John Mahoney is <laughs> dead. Sorry, that's not funny. It's just he's fat, dead. You're like you're so confident, and then you have to like backpedal. <laughs> Dr. Martin Crane. He's sorry, he's not a doctor. He's fat. I mean, he's dead. He's I mean, dead. he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's, he's a dead. He's a dead dad. He was he's, the dad. He, now he's the dead. dad. Now yeah. he's dead. But I just read the other day. Uh, I can't remember where, but it was one of those like IMDb or something that uh, Kelsey Grammer is looking at rebooting Frasier. Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I read that, too. <laughs> so See, I get that reference, too. So I'm sorry. What was the last movie you saw? Oh, the last movie I saw. The last... Um, Oh, um, uh, that long, huh? No, no. It was actually like two weekends ago. We were watching, uh, oh, we didn't finish it. I started watching age of Adeline. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Blake Lively. Okay. All right. I know and, who that uh, is. Yeah. Blake Lively. She's a, uh, I only got halfway through and then I, I had to leave for a show, but, uh, <laughs> But it was your it, pre-show ritual. It was what's uh, on in the romantic documentary. Sometimes no, no. My my girlfriend wanted to w- wanted to watch. Mo- we were watching a bunch of movies. We were watching a bunch of movies that were. I don't believe you've ever watched a bunch of movies in your life. <laughs> but but they were. What else did we watch? I forget what else we watched though. Age of Adeline was the was the last one. Oh, Dodgeball. We watched Dodgeball, which I have seen before. <laughs> You need to stop what you have so many good movies you can watch. You're watching the same fucking Ben Stiller <laughs> shit over and over and over again. You're like, is there anything? 
It was really good, man. You have trust issues with movies. You're like, you know what? I trust this movie. I've seen it. I know. I, and then all the new ones, you're like, I can't remember anything. Well, it's one of the movies I watched. I don't yeah, remember. I think that's it. <laughs> I think I have a fear of change. I don't like change. <laughs> we're breaking, we're getting Frasier here. We're doing psychology stuff here. Yeah, that's we're right. Fi- we're figuring out. I mean, this is very Frasier like, this setup here with the Go mic ahead, caller. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> See? Now that I love. I get that. I yeah. know exactly what that's from. Roz, who do we have on line one? Uh. Oh, man. I always thought Roz Super was hot. hot. In, like, not right away because she wore those weird, like, uh, pantsuits, you know, in the early episodes. Did she? Yeah. But later on, she gets she gets very hot. I, I've always loved women with, like, that whiskey voice. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. the raspiness or whatever, with the with the like smoker's cough voice. <laughs> yeah, I guess not with the cough. Frazier, huh? Line yeah. one, there's a lady. Well, Frazier, <laughs> <laughs> she sounded like more of a man, but more of a man than than Kelsey Grammer. Oh man, Perry- I used to love uh, uh, Niles as well. He, mm-hmm. he just his like his prim and properness and yeah. and like complete sort of arrogance was just it was awesome well they did uh i was watching like the bonus feature today just the, uh, all the dvd sets of frazier one of my favorite shows of all time and uh and on frazier like they were talking about how like they broke so many rules of like sitcoms and just like writing for that show in the sense that they were like you can't have uh two main characters that are brothers that have the same job you know right they're like they have to be something different they can't both be you know, psychiatrists or whatever and brothers and this and that. And, right. you know, and the father can't live with the son. And it's like, they just kept doing all these things that like, they won't work. And it made it like, it was like one of the most successful TV shows. And, and a spinoff. Like it's, of it's cheers, probably yeah. the most, uh, is it the most uh, successful spinoff of any show ever? Must be it up there. It might be. I know that happy days has the record for the most spinoffs because happy right. days had Joni loves Chachi. They, I think they had the Jeffersons. Oh, well, yeah. maybe that was off of Archie Bunker, All in the Family. I was think, it? The, I think oh, the Jeffersons maybe. were off of All in the Family, but but the um, but Happy Days spinoff was was uh, Joni Loves Chachi. Uh, Mork and Mindy is a spinoff of Happy Days, right. and I think there's a bunch of some. So Happy Days has the most spinoffs, uh, and I think Frasier is the most successful sex, successful spinoff. Yeah, it's it had great, like eleven seasons that. or whatever. So smart! It was such a smart. That's show. what I liked about them. And Cheers and Cheers was the same thing because I liked what I liked about those shows was that. Um, you know the formula was going to be the same. Frazier would hear something and misunderstand, and then let the cat out of the bag on on something. Right. But but I I really liked it for the the one liners. I really liked the wit and how well crafted the wording was of all the jokes. Right. Like yeah. there was an episode where Frazier said to Niles, he's like, Niles, I'd shave my head for you, and he goes, a gesture that becomes less relevant with each passing year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah that's such a good line, man. Right. Just little things like that. And he asks, they're trying to move Martin's chair because he's going to have a party. Oh, right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, Niles, help me lift this chair. And he goes, Oh, you're serious. Fraser, you know I don't lift. He's like, yes, with that stick where it is, I'm surprised you can bend. <laughs> like just, but I loved, I loved those little Boy, lines. Like serious. it has nothing to do with the plot of the episode, but just funny. Like just listening to how well a joke can be crafted by the wording and everything like that. Right. So, I I really like the witty stuff in Frasier. I really like the witty stuff in um, in Cheers. There's been a few other shows that I really liked like that. But here's here's the thing. I actually this is this is my confession. I don't know if I've ever said it in the podcast before. I was not a Seinfeld fan. Interesting. Um, I did try watching a few episodes, but I, I never liked any of the characters. I found them all to be very, very arrogant. Right. 
you know, and very full of themselves. So now I, maybe that was just, maybe you were supposed to hate the characters in order to enjoy the show. Yeah. But I was like, I would come in They're at random like episodes both. and then I'm like, I don't like any of these people. Right. And so I'm not rooting for them in their problems. When something bad happens, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, good, good. Fuck you. That's <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So I, that's exactly I never, how it's written. That's how, <laughs> you're supposed to feel that. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I never, I never <laughs> got into it. Yeah, you're supposed to be like, fuck these characters. Yeah. I'll be back next week to see more. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't like them. So I, I wasn't invested in, in any of the episodes right. and, and another show I really never liked, uh, was friends. <laughs> yeah, I could tell by your I, face earlier that you weren't a fan. Well, I, I don't. And, and here's the thing. I actually, I actually got into arguments with my ex because she was a big fan of Friends. And I was talking about how much I just didn't like it. Um, but I think it's, I didn't like it because I found all the jokes to be really, really like like diluted and dumbed down. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that anyone who watches it is dumb or anything, but like I found that like every episode you would have the exact same jokes, almost like an Austin Powers movie. I don't know if you're familiar with the reference. Yeah, I've seen uh, all of those. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Right. So, but I found that like Friends, it was like every episode Phoebe would have something to do with her stupid smelly cat song, which wasn't funny to begin with. So why they kept doing it, I don't get. Right. But she would do that thing and Joey would be like, come on, I can't believe the blah, blah, blah. It was like the... Yeah, he just said something stupid. That's all he ever says. Like, That's right. There was no, I didn't, I didn't find anything to be particularly witty or clever or funny. I was like just waiting not for even, that not smelly even Chandler cat or Ross. No, like they, it, Ross was always just uh, like he would just pull oh, back. changes. Uh, See, well, you maybe. had to watch later. Well, I don't know if I'm invested in that. Like getting a relationship he that sucks with so someone. Be like, maybe if you change, I'll like you. But I'll just I'll stick it out for fucking six years until it finally gets good. I guess. No, it's like season three. Or I think four people had a codependent relationship with friends. They didn't. He's, yeah. I swear he's really funny when no one's around. <laughs> hey, buddy. And I, then one day, you know, you're just hoping they'll change. And when they do, you go see, yeah. see. I told you. Anyway, I don't know. That's exactly what happened. But with I, Ross. I never, <laughs> I never liked it. Um, again. I've I've learned you know later in life you know I'm not don't walk around judgmental the shit I don't like not everything's for everybody right but I I just couldn't get on board with those shows I find Big Bang Theory to be you know like originally they were they had some really funny stuff uh, you know doing jokes about science and whatnot but then I found that it it just got really sort of s silly stupid penis jokes and right I don't know I found you know what here's here's what it is I found the jokes predictable. In Big and Bang so, Theory, Big Bang, and and even in and even in Friends too, yeah, is that you see them starting to set up the joke, and you know this from being a comic and watching comedy. Right. If you can see where the joke is going, and if you got there faster than than the comic did, right, then you're then you're not going to laugh. You know exactly what to expect. You're not caught with that laughter. But that's why I like I like comics guys like John Doerr and stuff like that, where you don't see where they're going with something, and you know. Until they get there, and like, oh fuck, and that was funny. Like, I still like being surprised into laughing. I don't mean shocked, right? But I like being surprised into laughter. I like not being able to see where we're going. I like that surprise. Yeah, like a magic trick. Yeah, yeah. They pull it out of the the hat. Like, oh, and the like, fuck oh, did shit. they? Wow. Yeah, but or even but even in comedy, then you get it after to go. Oh fuck, that was really well written. Right. But I just I found that when I'm watching those sitcoms. And I know where they're going. Just and I'm like, just get there, just get there. Boom. Ah, ha, ha. I'm like, yeah, okay. Right. Right. Like I'm. That's fair. Yeah, I'm not sitting. I'm not going to watch a show with whose jokes I could have written myself faster. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. But I mean, but uh, but you didn't watch. Maybe movies. that's what I. You didn't watch movies. You didn't, you didn't. Maybe I enjoyed knowing where they were going and then being like, well, yeah, because those were references you'd get later. You gotta watch movies six times before you could. That's right. Luke, I'm your father. Six. Oh, that's uh, Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> have you seen Mad Max? No, I've never seen I haven't Mad seen, Max. I haven't seen Mad Max. Oh, okay. okay. I haven't seen it. But but there was so Is Mad- that Mel Gibson? It is. Though. Yeah. Pro- See, I now think. that's this stuff. Like, I watch a lot of talk shows. Okay. A lot of, you know, like late night talk shows and stuff. So I've seen all these people from all these movies. I know all the movies. Sometimes I even You've know seen stories all the promo them. from yeah, the I've movies. seen all the promo. <laughs> <laughs> None of it enticed me enough to actually that's watch fair. them. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen any of the Lethal Weapons. I haven't seen any um, of those. I have seen, once on a plane or a bus or something, I watched like a portion of, Le- it had to be a plane, and and we were, because it was in the seat or whatever, and then the, the like power <laughs> went out on the on The, the whole on plane, the plane fell. Yeah, yeah. It's during a plane crash. Can you imagine that the power goes out and someone's watching, hey, fuck, that plane's going down, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> This movie like ends. no panic. It just what the dying. fuck? Yeah, mm-hmm. Cliff. Uh, the ultimate yeah. cliffhanger. Yeah. The- Have you seen Cliffhanger? <laughs> no, no. Uh, what about the Rocky movies? Uh, okay, so I Ooh. saw. I definitely have seen the like very first Rocky movie. I have not seen the most recent Rocky movie. Yeah, probably the last one that was Stallone, like a, about actually Rocky. Yeah, that the- one's just called Rocky Balboa. No. Then okay. before that, Rocky Five. Rocky. Oh, that one was shit. Now, who does he fight in the in the thing? He fights I've his seen... protege, who he's trying to teach to be the next big thing. But he's like a mouthy little cunt, so oh, he beats the shit out of him in the street. One. the The most iconic one that I found that I'd seen because they played like every two weeks on TBS when that was still a station was Rocky Four, where he fights Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've seen that too. Yeah, that one's great. Apollo Creed is one. So, okay, so the first one, he fights Apollo Creed and quote-unquote goes the distance, spoiler alert. Right. So he doesn't beat him, but he, st- he stays 15 rounds with him, which like no one had done. And that's the one And I've then in the second sure. movie, he gets a, a rematch with him and beats him to win the title. Is that where he dies? No. Oh. No. No, Ivan Drago killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought Rocky <laughs> killed him. No, it's Ivan I thought Rocky killed his best friend. No. By accident. So, like in a fight. Uh, whoops. <laughs> I accidentally punched you as hard as I can in the face. This is boxing. What the fuck am I going to do? I didn't know I could hurt him. There's no friends in the ring. I thought we were using stunt blood on his... <laughs> <laughs> Oops! This is way we more. I wish. Them. I wish my podcast was a movie podcast because then this would be way more. Oh man, way more relevant. I would never have. Someone's agreed. like, where did he get the talk show? Uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, dude. Uh, the the second one, he he fights Apollo and actually beats him, wins the title. The third one, he goes up against. Speaking of wrestlers, I don't think he was a wrestler. He goes up against Mr. T, and Apollo helps oh. him train for Mr. T because Mr. T is like the fucking baddest dude. Starts right. beating the shit out of people. So what happens is in the third one. Apollo helps Rocky train. That's where they really become friends and helps him train and to beat Mr. T. And then the fourth one, Ivan Drago, this big threat from the Soviet Union, whatever comes over and Apollo goes, oh, I'm going to show him how it's done in America. And he gets killed. And then Rocky agrees to fight him again, but over in, in Russia or whatever. Right. And Rocky beats and Rocky shit goes on him. to like a cottage in the woods in the yeah. snow. And- it's on fire yep oh yeah see i yeah i've seen it (laughs) you've seen a fucking montage on youtube of him carrying logs (laughs) (laughs) but that was that was good so the new there was they did creed which was apollo creed's son fights and fights boxing or whatever yes michael b jordan yes yeah you're so happy when you know I saw you have a contribution. <laughs> yes, Michael B. Jordan. I saw the saw promos. the talk show. I, I saw, saw the promos. promos. <laughs> well, in in Creed two, because now Creed's a brand new series. Um, Creed, his son Michael Michael B. Jordan, yeah. is fighting Ivan Drago's son. 
Like that's what they're trying to do to make it exciting. It's like, oh, it's Ivan Drago's son. Your dad was killed by my who dad. Who I wins? Know, I haven't seen it. It's not out yet. Oh, you mean like the newest, the newest, the newest movie. movie. What's the first one about Creed? It's just about uh, this kid who becomes a boxer and finds out his dad was Apollo Creed. And guess who teaches him how to box? Rocky. Did he know it was it was his son before the kid did? Did he know that that was... Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. It was stupid. Oh, okay. They're like, that's like the seventh movie. They're trying to make people give a shit again. And now it's like, guess who you're going to fight? Apollo Creed's son. The guy's son who killed your dad. That right. dad I never knew? Yeah. Are you invested? No, but I think people who might be paying attention to this fight somewhere. Yeah, there's a lot of people who loved Apollo Creed, even if his son didn't know who he was. Living in America. That big long dance number he does. So American and cocky to Ivan Drago. (laughs) Then he kills him. (laughs) That's the same one. If he dies, he dies. (laughs) That's all all he says. Who was Ivan? Who played him? It was Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. And he's in... uh, Oh, The Expendables, which, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's like so not. Apparently, he's like a doctor or something or See? a dentist or something like that. Come on. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't have my phone. I left it upstairs. I was going to Google. Someone, like someone told me the other day. One of, one of the, the listeners told me the other day what Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren was before he got into like action movies. And it was something like hilarious, like not bodybuilding, whatever. Wow. I think he was like a baker or something like that. <laughs> but he was also did you ever see masters of the universe as a kid did you watch he-man what do you think josh I what's think, your guess well, the cartoon i would Red say or yes black? i would say the cartoon yes <laughs> did you ever watch he-man no, the masters of the universe no no never she-ra if you know that reference okay go, okay i don't even know they were cartoons when we were kids <laughs> man well they did they did a live action masters of the universe movie okay and dolph glenn played he-man again someone you've just heard of right now how the fuck do you not know he-man well i've heard of he-man Okay. Heard of well, the it's He-Man, called he- never He-Man it. and the Masters of the Universe is the name of the show. Right. That's so, what I've never. So they seen. did a live. They did a live. Ma- Probably yeah. saw a promo for it though. Yeah. Well, they did a live action movie <laughs> of it. And Dolph Lundgren played He-Man. Did he do a good job? No. That's why they didn't make any more of them. <laughs> <laughs> he could barely speak English. It was like four four minutes after he was like Ivan Drago. Frank Lang- uh, Langella <laughs> played Skeletor. Do you know who Frank Langella is? Nope. All right. You shouldn't. I barely. I didn't know who it was. Skeletors from He Man. <laughs> there's so many comics doing jokes about Skeletor and stuff. Yeah, I don't laugh at those comics. <laughs> I don't get their jokes. <laughs> Jesus. So what did you watch? Like Little House in the Prairie or something like that? You watched? No, no. I I watched. Uh, like I mean, as a kid, I wa- I wa- well, I would watch like uh, like Ducktales and Flintstones and those kind of okay. like cartoon, like the Hanna Barbera stuff. Yeah, that kind of that kind of Jetsons. stuff. Bugs Bunny, a little bit of the Jetsons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was I was really I was like when I was a kid I was really active. I was playing a lot of hockey. Hockey was my life when I was a kid. Okay. Sports were everything like i would okay. watch every leaf game i was a leafs fan i would watch so you weren't watching game. movies you're watching sports yeah i was watching a lot of sports okay. and playing a lot of hockey as well and then in the summer i would play a lot of baseball and stuff like that so i wasn't i don't know like i was really into wrestling too so i'd watch wrestling hockey sports in general i'd say like and then baseball, and then football. comedy movies were your thing comedy and shitty sitcoms loved. yeah shitty sitcoms <laughs> and comedy movies and sports do you know like anyone listening to this now if they come to your shows i'm hoping that they bring you old dvds that they don't want anymore and they're like watch this movie 
watch okay. this movie. I hope, first of all, Take I hope it so and watch too. It, enjoy. I did a I did a shoot with this guy once who is a he's a really young guy who's like 19 but like a prodigy of shooting and directing and all that kind of stuff. He's okay. probably going to be a massive director if he keeps going the way he's going. Okay. We so we had a break on set one day. We're sitting around and obviously movies come up and this kid the knows everything about yeah. every fucking movie. And uh so I try to kind of stay with him on the references for a bit, right? And then he just drops <laughs> something and I'm like, I've never seen that. And he goes, What? You never seen it? whatever the movie was? And I'm like, No. And then it became, well, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And they were all no's across the board. His face looked like he saw a ghost. It was just complete white. Can't believe it. Yeah. Next day, he comes in, massive bag, and just goes, you need to watch all of these. <laughs> and I have not watched any Single of them. I still one. have them. Yeah. See, that's the thing, too. It's like you can lead a horse to water. I know. You can't, can't make him drink, man. <laughs> can't make me watch these. Dude, there's, and, and here's the thing, too. The movies that you listed are garbage. No. <laughs> <laughs> some of the movies you listed are not bad but like having seen all the home alones like i'll tell you right now ace ventura and nature calls oh, yeah. is dog shit there's like three funny parts oh my god him snorting and blowing mouth cum all over everybody in the tent is disgusting hey he's showing respect <sighs> if that's, that's what they, they had to respect. write in order to cover each themselves and come for a joke well the but the part yeah the what you too <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the uh, that's the tribe that tries to kill him, the Wichutus. I think, see, here's the thing. In terms of everyone's mental memory storage of yep. movie references, they weren't like, which tribe was which in the Ace Ventura <laughs> movie? <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> All I remember is uh, I know that my favorite part of the, uh, the second one was when he's too hot in the rhino and he has to crawl out of its ass, oh, the amazing. hole in its ass, and it looks like a rhino gives birth to oh, a man. Yeah. That was that was really funny. The 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 funniest oh, thing is the, the first two up. fingers that just pop out and then back in and then back out again and, and like, then you oh, go stretch. Just giving birth. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love. I love. Yeah, it just falls out. Admittedly, I probably like the first one better than the second one, but I really like the second. Oh, one. the first one was the first one was funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah there's so it's many amazing. enemies. So here's a little piece of trivia for you. Um, Ace Ventura was coming out in theaters. Um, okay, so I, I can't remember where the fuck I watched this. Um, and I, we'll get back to your story of you in a minute. <laughs> but hey man, uh, this is way more fascinating than me. I'm barely, having more fun. I've this barely way. done anything. But uh, <laughs> you just said, I don't know. I don't know. I can that, tell you a lot about Mason City, Illinois. Michael though. B. Jordan, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. Good interview. Uh, Good interview. <laughs> this is fun. Watch. No, no, I don't mean this one. This one's fun too, but I mean Michael B. Jordan. Oh, it was a good show, interview. Talking about Creed. Oh, yeah, fuck. That was a good interview. What an interview. So what do you have to do to get yourself into shape? Well, a lot of exercise. <laughs> no shit. Um, Broccoli and chicken, buddy. Right? Uh, Everybody's the I same. Want another beer. I don't have to pause the podcast. What do I do? Do with you want me to go dilemma? get you one? No. You want to talk while I go get it? No, that you? seems unfair. Uh, Why don't you no. tell the story? Of what you're about to tell. <laughs> this the is how we're problem solving. I like, and this. I will go. It's just you want a beer? Here, right? or you st you're still drinking yours. I'm still good. Your here. delicious Summersby sponsor yeah. of the One Man Podcast. Yeah, this Summersby is the best beer I've ever had <laughs> in my whole life. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they send me some uh, some product now for the shout out. I would imagine, although they probably don't like that you called their cider a beer. <laughs> oh shit! 
Doesn't it say? Oh, yeah, it says apple flavored stuff. You suck at remembering well, and references. <laughs> this Summersby is the best beer. Well, then that's an even bigger compliment. It's not even a beer, and it's the best beer I've ever it's had. It's kicking beers. That's ass. how good Summersby is. Is their cider is better than any beer I've ever had. <laughs> This steak is better than any <laughs> rice cake I've ever. <laughs> um, Seriously, you tell the story and I'll go okay. get you. What do you? What do you? Which I don't one? care. There's two beers like on the middle shelf. I'll have whichever. And you're welcome to the other one, if you like. So uh, now that I'm talking to myself again, we're just a regular episode of the One Man Podcast. Um, what was I going to talk about? Shit, I thought I had a funny story. Do you remember what we were talking about? Yeah, I'll take that. I don't even know I had that in there. Oh, yes, I do. I put those in there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm having a Kilkenny. I thought I was having a, a Sleeman, but I'm not. I'm having a Kilkenny. Do you remember what I was going to talk about? What story? Oh. Uh, oh, uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim. Oh, yeah, thank there's Christ. There's a piece of trivia that you're about to so hit me with. So this, yeah, and, and I might be slightly off with some of the details, but the the, the nuts and bolts are, uh, are, are accurate. So when Jim Carrey did Ace Ventura, okay, uh, they filmed it and everything like that. I think he was doing in living color and Hollywood was, was, was a buzz of this guy. His, his new movie was coming out. Ace Ventura was about to come out yep. and he had already filmed the mask. Oh, okay, wow. so the mask was filmed, but it wasn't released yet. I guess it was still in production or, or editing or whatever post-production. Um, but Ace Ventura was about to come out in theaters and the Farrelly brothers were trying to get him for Dumb and Dumber because that was his third movie. And they were like, we need to get this contract signed before this Ace Ventura movie hits theaters because the second it hits theaters, he's going to be worth so much more money. Right. Right. Cause no right. one had a real taste of him. Right. Ace Ventura was his breakthrough role, right? Like uh, he did something with, with uh, Damon Wayans and Jeff Goldblum called earth girls are easy. Have you even heard of that? No, never. It's a very, very funny movie where it's like Damon Wayans, Jeff Goldblum and Jim Carrey are like these three aliens that like crash on earth. And I believe, I believe Gina Davis is the woman in it, but I could be wrong. Wow. But she's like, so crash on earth. And then they're these like furry Muppet looking guys. But what happens is it's like, oh, they're so goofy. But then she shaves them all. And then they look like Damon Wayans, Jim Carrey and, and Jeff Goldblum. And then I think the Gina Davis character falls in love with, you know, Jeff Goldblum because he's the lead alien monkey whatever of course and two, but whatever that was but they were doing that back in the in living color days and it was like a b movie that i hadn't heard of until years after jim carrey was already a household name but uh yeah so the whole idea was he'd filmed you know ace ventura was about to come out they'd already filmed it and done the post he'd already filmed the mask but they wanted him for for dumb and dumber so i hadn't even started filming dumb and dumber but the idea is that like and that people forget about how that kind of works in hollywood they like just see a guy in a movie because it's out for us to see right. they don't realize well they made that you know years ago jonah right. hill made that movie the sitter and he was still fat in it. he'd lost a bunch of weight already done 21 jump street whatever and this movie the sitter was like sitting on a shelf for a while because then it comes out and he's still way overweight like he was you know right in 40 year old virgin but anyways just just as a fun little piece of trivia is Ace Ventura hadn't even come out in theaters yet, and the Farrelly brothers were trying to lock him down for Dumb and Dumber because if they didn't, and they managed to come up with a, you know, a deal right. prior to its release. But just that, that, that how if wow. they had been like a day later, he would have been worth you know three, four times as much because the world would have fallen in love with him, and now he's this big fucking name. Look how big his numbers are in the box office and everything like that. Right, right. So wow. I don't know, just a, just a, just smart, yeah. smart, uh, like. 
smart on their part to think ahead and be like, okay, well, this guy's going to be a fucking massive star. Well, the same thing happened with um, uh, Seth Rogen. As soon as 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, uh, Kevin Smith saw it was like, I want that guy to, to be the star of my next movie. He's going to be huge. But then Judd Apatow went and did Knocked Up right away afterwards, which put right. Seth in the lead. But then <clears throat> shortly after that, Zack and Mary Make a Porno by Kevin Smith, where Seth Rogen played the, the Oh, that's a Kevin Smith movie? It's a Kevin Smith movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. of course I've seen it. Well, fuck you, of course. Every fucking movie that I know you haven't seen. <laughs> no, but it's a comedy and okay, not great. So yeah, it wasn't awful though. It wasn't no, it wasn't. Awful. Awful, Jersey no. Girl was a piece of shit. That was a Loved shitty it. Kevin. Loved fuck it. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little girl, man. She was so good in that movie. She was. She's really funny. She's smart. <laughs> Stand by your conviction. Finish your review. I don't give a shit. I loved. I loved. Not. I. I didn't necessarily love the overall movie, but I yeah. really liked that little. I she thought that great. girl was great, and George Carlin was always great. Was like, uh, try being just, a father, shithead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. I love Carlin. Carlin's great. Oh, Carlin's the best. I got to meet him when I was nineteen, long before I ever, uh, long before I ever entertained the notion of being a stand-up comic. Where did you meet him? The National Arts Center here in Ottawa. Like he he was performing and you mm-hmm. met him what after or how did you get in? So uh, I I think I actually told this story on the very first episode of the podcast, but okay. I was also it was like two o'clock in the morning at this table and I was probably more boring than I've ever been in my entire life. But um, so what happened was um, we were we were not doing too well. My family wasn't doing too well financially at the time. Okay. Um, so the idea of me even just being able to get tickets to go see that wouldn't happen. But I didn't know he was coming to town. My mom saw in the newspaper that he was coming. She knew what a big George Carlin fan I was. And she's like, I, I almost didn't get you tickets, but I saw what the date was that he was coming, and the date was my birthday. Oh. So she's like, it's just too perfect or whatever. Um, so she got me three tickets so I could bring a couple of my friends. And um, they were like $100 each. So it was like it was, it was a tough, tough cost. But um, I mean, $300 is nothing to most people. But at the time, that was that was tight. Yeah. So it was it was. I just it's a very. I'm very grateful for the gesture on my mom's part because I didn't even of know course. I was coming. It's not like I was coming and she was guilted into doing it. Right. This was truly just her going. Oh, I don't know if I. Oh, for Christ's sake, it's his birthday. So what I did that ended up helping me meet him. I think because what I did was I called the National Arts Center and I was like, Hey, I'm coming to see George Carlin. Uh, it's my birthday, and I was just really wondering. I don't know who I talked to about maybe getting the chance to like get a picture and an autograph, and. Like someone called me back and they're like, we're not this part's talk to this department. They're in charge of that. So I, I called that person and left the message, you know, and then the next, and it was basically every time I got a call back was like the next day or like two days later. So I had like a week to, to get my yes or no. Right. And I think that the best thing that I got was like the day of, I got a call and they were like, when you show up tonight, ask to speak to this person and she'll ask for you. And right. I was like, fuck. So I still didn't have a definitive yes or no. So when I got there, I remember going up to security. I'm like, hey, is, is so-and-so available? And they got her for me. said, hi, my name is Josh. It's, it's my birthday. I, I go, I've worked in hotels and stuff, and I've met celebrities before. I'm not going to drive them crazy or anything like that. I just I would really love to get an autograph and a picture. It would make my day. I'm like, it's it's my birthday. You know, like it's, It'd be a very big deal to me. So he wasn't doing a meet and greet or anything like that. And I remember she like walked, you know, we're out, we're out in the front foyer where everyone is. And I remember she like sort of walked down this hallway and then through a pair of do- double doors. I'm standing there with my two friends and I'm like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, you know? Right. And like I go, I, I, I don't know. I, I lowered my expectation. Whatever. And I just see her pop 
through the door and do the whole, you know, like the finger hook, like, come on down this way. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, shit. So we step over the velvet rope and security lets us because they know what happened. And we walk down and we go through this little back hallway and, and there he is standing there and, you know, shakes my hand and, and, and autographs. I bought this box set of DVDs right. from like his early specials and he autographed that and a couple of the discs inside or whatever. I have it upstairs. I can show you if you want. Holy shit, man. But, uh, and he said, and instead of just like, hey, here's a picture. All right, guys, have a good one. And this was the thing. He had actually added a second show, and the second show was the one that we were going to see. Right. So he'd added a second show, and this was in between the two shows. So he, like, knowing what I know about comedy now, when you're doing two shows for, like, you know, 4,000 people each or whatever, that time in between shows is precious to just sit there and, and relax a little bit. And, yeah. You know? And, but he's, he was chatting with us for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Like, I was trying to let him go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't mean yeah. that like he wouldn't shut up, but I'm no, just saying no, like I, I was not I was not hesitating when he wanted to talk to us, but it was like I was totally prepared at any moment. Okay, well thanks so much. Yeah, can't wait to see the show. But he was chatting with us and, and asking and he was questions. Nice. He's so, dude, so nice. Wow. So nice. That's so so, cool. so nice. I'm and I and I think I said on the podcast too that I'm glad I wasn't a comic at the time. Cause I think that I almost, you know, like you, you knew and you want to ask like, here, it's fucking George Carlin. You want to be like, yeah, you know, I got a bit about, but like, I didn't, I, I'm glad I wasn't like pitching jokes or whatever. Right. I was able to just be like, Hey man, I just love what you do. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it was, uh, it was a really, really cool, really cool experience. That's so awesome, man. That's yeah, really I think cool. he was, I think he died like a year later. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. How old were you? You were. You were nineteen, eighteen or nineteen. So probably on that same exact tour, because it's around that time, and I would have been about seventeen, which is accurate. Uh, I saw him in London at uh, John Labatt Center. Okay. And my mom got me tickets. Same deal. It wasn't my birthday or anything. It was just like yeah, she knew I was. She a, just she it. was a huge fan. Like that was her favorite comedian. Yeah. And. And, and so she got tickets and me and my mom got in some kind of dumb fight, like as a, you know, whatever you're a teenager yeah. and I, to prove a point, which didn't make any sense. I was like, well, I'm not going to this show like a complete idiot. And then did changed you, my mind. You, okay. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. Say. That lasted from like three to seven. And then the show's at eight or whatever. And I'm like, all right, ah, fuck it. I should, and I think my mom even said like, we can talk about whatever our problem is tomorrow, but yeah. you don't not see George Carlin. That would be pretty yeah. dumb if this is what you want to do. Yeah. Well, then, and then he's dead a year later, right? And, and then he like, was, yeah, like, he, oh, he did God. that last, that must've been the tour for his last special, like his very, very last special. Maybe. Cause he was, he was reading stuff off of a yeah. paper to get the, yeah. the he, wording, right? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not the whole time. I but, know the upside of downsizing. I know the something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Where he's doing a bit about that. And he would he did he, a bit yeah. about perfectly good pussies. He's like, girls, girls died. They're perfectly good pussies. You could have <laughs> cut that out and bring it up to a hermit in the middle of the mountain. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> God. Oh, thank you very much. He goes, I feel bad. These girls died, but they're perfectly good pussies. <laughs> yeah. You just cut that out and give up. Great like, point. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess that's the thing you think about when you're fucking 80. Yeah. You're just like, ah, oh, I, I could have, that, that young now, girl maybe. died. Fuck, I could have used that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly good parts, right? You just scrap a car. What are we doing take, with that pussy, though? <laughs> Where's that going? Oh, that's not going to science, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you can make molds out of it. Um, 
Yeah. No, it was uh, a, it was a fun show. It was, and it was like I said, it was cool to meet him. He was a uh, was a great dude. Anyone who doesn't know who he is, they're like, is that the kind of jokes he made? <laughs> he got no pussies. <laughs> pussies for hermits. It's this big foundation. He was. Uh, um, I'm glad to hear he was nice too, because I hate. It drives me nuts when people are like, "Yeah, I met so and so. He was a dick, big asshole." You know, yeah. I hate that. It drives me nuts. Well, isn't there an old saying like, "Never meet your heroes"? Yeah, yeah, you and know? that's why they always end up right? disappointing or yeah. whatever. Yeah, or they can only disappoint. Right, a lot of times. But no, I, I wasn't disappointed. Um, I, I actually heard a story. I don't remember who told it, but there was like a comic who, who like uh, brought like I think I don't know if it was I don't think it was a movie script, but he brought like a bunch of notes from his act, like this bit that he was writing or whatever. Might have been. All I know is it was several, it was several stacks of paper, like just a shitload of of writing. Yeah. And he was opening for Carlin or something like that, or he was doing shows with him on a weekend or something. And he uh, brought them in, and he was like, "Hey, do you mind letting me know what you think of this thing or whatever?" And gave oh, it to yeah. Carlin, and like Carlin, and he thought he's never going to read it. And the next night, Carlin came back, and the whole thing with notes and the margins and everything. Yeah, he read that, the whole fucking thing. What's that in? I, I am know. comic. I don't know. Is that from I am? It comic? might. It might be. I just not too long ago heard that same that same story yeah. about and it was like it was. that he took the time out of his own to took like, the time to him. like come back with legit yeah. notes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but did you know he never hung up did you read his book last words no it's worth reading yeah he never stayed he never stuck around after shows Carly never, yeah never stuck around he was never a, a comics comic in the sense that like like he was right comics love his shit or whatever and it's inspiration to so many but um he didn't stick around and have drinks afterwards and shoot the shit and you know bust everybody's balls right he just, when he was done he went he went home now he struggled with like drugs and alcohol and a bunch of different things throughout the course of his life but right he never was that guy who like hung out all night and got drunk and whatever like he'd do his drugs at home right but but right. the idea was like he when he was done his set he, he went home like he right. was at work and he went home yeah. so he didn't sit around and get shit faced and, and and just waste time hobnobbing Hobnobbing. You know? good. I like that. Well, I don't know. What does he call it? Fraternizing. Hobnobbing is better, though. Okay. Fraternizing is good, but hobnobbing for for comedic purposes okay. I feel is much better. I, I like when I'm being productive for comedic purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Fraternizing <laughs> is like um, something that a principal would say when he caught you, like around the locker. What is this chicanery? <laughs> <laughs> This tomfoolery has to end right now. <laughs> Quit your hobnobbing. Quit your hobnobbing, little bastards. Um, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I don't know where to jump from that. I So you, okay, let's go back to you, though, in comedy, right? Because you're the guest, and all I'm doing is telling stories this time. I'm basically yelling movie titles at you. You're and telling getting stories while I'm getting you beer. What kind <laughs> of fucking podcast is this? I'll tell you, it's a, <laughs> it's a successful one. You ever thought about changing it to get, get my beer? Yeah, get my beer. <laughs> <laughs> one man talks, one Welcome man fetches. Welcome to get my beer. <laughs> my guest today. This is a social compliance show. My beer. I'm just trying to see what I can get you to do <laughs> over the course of the end. I'll be telling a story. You're up front mowing the lawn. <laughs> I can't tell these stories while my views is obstructed. Here, if you don't mind, I'll tell this long story. Yeah. So you were doing comedy in London. Yes. Um, and I know, like, I know very earlier on in your uh, well what seemingly to me early on your career you 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 taped a, a dvd special um you uh you even got your own show in london mm -hmm. like it, london tonight right yeah it was a it was a late night um it was a late night talk show basically mm -hmm. and it was london had uh well i guess they still have but like a rogers tv so local you know local cable or whatever yeah so we had um 
actually how I got, so they, so on Rogers, they had a daytime show. It was, it was like a morning, you know, like Regis and Kathy Lee or whatever right, right. show, but terrible. Rogers daytime. Horrible. They have it here. In Do they? Too. It, yeah. Is it, is it? Yeah. Okay. So in London's was, was like, I mean, it's not Toronto and it's not, you know, it's a smaller market. So like the hosts <laughs> you're going to get are, are questionable. And then the guests, the hosts weren't even the problem. It was the guests was like, Mary from the bake sale is on to talk about the bake sale, but you know what past our brownies are great this year. What else is she going to really talk about? You know? Yeah. So, and so how do you get them that moist? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I had such respect for the host. Cause I mean, they had to really go question that. <laughs> like, where do you go? Um, and so you haven't seen the movie. Our guest today, comedian, <laughs> Jeff Leeson. <laughs> Seen any of these movies can you imagine oh buddy you would like if there was like a price is right of movies yeah you would fucking do horrible oh, that would be the worst <laughs> unless it, they got to the comedy comedy that most people haven't seen genre i would just destroy that one <laughs> if they they threw a little friends in there oh my god i'm a winner but anything else things movies people should have seen if that was a category i would be done that, how did you okay so you've been plagued with this i haven't seen i can't let it go I can't, I know. i'm not gonna be able to get to sleep tonight no. how how did this not become like a segment on your london tonight you like know, just the, people throw throw sayings at you or, or quotes movie quotes famous ones right to see if if you even know what it's from and it's like well those ones of the audience it's painfully obvious to them which one it is right and you're like a lot Michael of Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> he played for the Chicago Bulls, right? <laughs> and the Wizards. He played for the Wizards as well. I know exactly. See the he sports is. things. I was an actor. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, because it never really became that that big of a thing till rec more recently. And traveling, it was traveling with comics, really, in a car for hours, and you just you know talk nonsense forever. That I was like. A little by little, we we'll go. Oh fuck! It seems that a lot of people have seen movies I've never seen, and then and then I had a buddy who's like his dad has every movie, like his DVD collection is right. just crazy. And so when I would go to his house, he would just be like, "Have you ever seen this, this, this?" And I had seen basically nothing on his on his wall except for the bottom section where comedies he kept dodgeball and all those types of things. Yeah. Um, the uh, this is where I put them before I bring them to the Goodwill. Yeah. So actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rated that just like, I've seen those. <laughs> yeah, those are great. I'll take those. Those are all from the Walmart. I want to watch those again. Can yeah. I have them? Uh, yeah. So, so it was. Ne it didn't even really become that clear till maybe in the last, I don't know, four years or something like that. Just like doing how more. deprived you are. Yeah, you have like like you know you have like movie scurvy, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes. Like your vitamin C of movies it's is an epidemic. so deficient. It's sweeping the nation. There's like, a lot. Well, like I, eat, me. I eat my breads and meat. I go. Oh, you're gonna need. I go to a, a movies uh, people haven't seen anonymous meeting every Wednesday. Do you know what would be a great idea for a podcast for you is to watch on on the podcast is watch a movie that you've never seen before. Oh. Like the famous ones as you get to sit down and you just go today I'm watching Jurassic Park. Never seen it. And and you just do live commentary on the movie while you watch it. So your guests can either just listen to you watching it, do their thing, or they can watch the movie at the same time that you're watching it. That is a very interesting idea for a podcast. And because the wow. idea that like to listen to a comedian who's never seen these classic movies. Right. And you can have a guest too if you want doing commentary. They're like, how the fuck have you never, like just they're blowing their mind while you're seeing things. The first time. Like, oh, 
I can't believe wow, he's Kaiser Soze. <laughs> oh, I have seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, uh, yeah. Like usual I, I guess, suspects. Is yes. that usual suspects? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Great. But movie. all I'm saying is like, but these are, well, yeah. And that's even not <laughs> as iconic. Have you seen seven with like Brad Pitt? Yes. The head in the box. Yeah. <laughs> the head in the box. I think it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head in that box. Is it Probably. not? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We've all wanted to put her head in a box, haven't we, at one point? I think so. Brad Pitt finally. No, it wasn't Brad Pitt. It was the other guy that did it. But Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, yeah. yeah Kevin Chris, Spacey is in Chris, Seven, too. He's the, the killer. He's the killer, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you just remembered right. that, eh? <laughs> hey, okay, here's a question for you. Have you ever seen a movie called Copycat? I don't know. I don't think so. It's really old. It has to be early 90s. Sigourney Weaver yeah. is. It plays a... Uh, um, maybe a lawyer or something like that. <laughs> something like you that. You can't even remember anyway, movies. You, dude, that's the funniest part to but me. But here's why I You're like my mother trying to tell you. <gasps> she gets all excited for a story and then immediately when she starts, she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. I'm like, you started this. Right. You were excited to tell it. And then she's like, what's the name? It like starts asking me questions. I'm like, well, if I don't know the answers, why are you telling me this story? That's fair. That's Sorry. Fair. Sigourney Weaver copycat. Yeah. She plays a, uh, do you know what she plays in the movie? <laughs> no, I don't even know if I've seen it. <laughs> it's a great, it's a, it's a, not a great movie, but it scared the shit out of me. Okay. When I was a kid, it's about a murderer who copies all these other murders that are going on in the city and they're trying to chase this guy. And he does, each one is like a different homage to a, to like a, like a famous killer. serial killer. Um, he's not copying an existing murder at the time. No, okay. no, he's copying. So he'll do like a Jack old, the Ripper, yeah. Ed Gain. And yeah. He's, so he's copying, but I don't know Black if they're Dahlia. real murders or if they're murders oh, in this big city I see, I see. or f whatever. Uh, it's like this murder is exactly like that of the jokers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> the joker is in it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I know the jokers from Superman. Relax. So, I'm just kidding. I know man. what you, you did. The, I know. I the know. flick of your thumb that like, be, and I know I, ordinarily you'd be like, this guy's obviously joking, but based on what we know about me now, I feel like part I, of I, you yeah. is like, I'm pretty sure I have to keep. I have to keep a 20% maybe he's serious <laughs> buffer. So I don't look like a complete idiot. Of course, <laughs> good joke. You're like, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, scary uh, movie, but I was really young when I saw it. I had to be like maybe 10, 11, something like that. And it scared the shit out of me. It was like, so the guy playing the killer is so creepy and so real that it just seemed like like a real, and I, and I've never gone back and watched it as an adult to, to just clear my mind and be like, oh, that's just a stupid movie. But it really got into yeah. my mind as a kid. And I think, the, anyway, the reason I'm telling you this, I think the reason that I did not watch a lot of movies, except for comedies, growing up was based on that movie. I think I had a bad experience with that movie and it, and it soured me on like... Dramas oh, and yeah. suspense and thrillers. and I think so. Yeah. Well, when I was young, like I said, my, my mom did not care for horror movies or anything like that. So we watched comedies and dramas, you know, my right. mom had a good, really good sense of humor. But I know that when I used to be a kid, like, you remember the experience and a lot of kids that grow up never have this experience. You go to the video store and you just look at the backs of movies. Oh, I remember yeah. flipping the VHSs and you'd see the little, you'd see two pictures in the back of a horror movie and it was enough to give you nightmares because one of them would be like a skeleton and then the other would be like some dude screaming. Right. And you're like, right. I guess that tells me what the movie's about. But... <laughs> 
but I remember like I remember <laughs> I flipping the, flipping the backs of horror movie cases and just seeing like Chucky with a knife and scaring the shit out of myself of like what these movies are about. Right. So when I was growing up, uh, I remember Silence of the Lambs came out, and my mom saw it, and she's like, "You guys can't see that movie; it's way too intense or whatever." And I think like we were like eleven and nine at the time. You know, my okay. brother worked at the club for a while, whatever. Okay. Um, what's your brother's name? Aaron. Aaron. Not Aaron Power. Not Aaron Power. No. No, but the other. He was yeah. a server. He was oh, a okay. Doorman and a server, or whatever. Okay. You probably recognize him instantly if you saw him. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I don't recognize the name, but yeah. Uh, for again, sure my I phone's upstairs, so I can't just show you a picture of him right of now. Of course. But uh, two A's. Two A's. A A. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. E R I N is girls. But some guys do A R R O N. They're idiots. Right. That's what I. Aron. <laughs> They're idiots. Like Aron. it was their Aron. <laughs> No, you could fix that shit. You pay 50 bucks and you never make that mistake again. You go get it fixed downtown. It's 50 bucks. 50 bucks or everyone thinks you're a douchebag every time they see you write down your name. That's a 50 bucks. Iron? Well, no. Iron. Iron? Iron. Yeah, like he's uh, well, like how do you, British. Or you, you don't say arrow. Maybe you do. Yeah, arrow. Yeah, arrow. Arrow. That's how you say it, right? Yeah, Broken arrow. Yeah. Arrow. Then it would be with two R's, Aaron. But there's no be e. Aaron. There's no air E on the end. It doesn't have to be. Arrow doesn't have a, an E after the W. Oh, o that's w right. O N W. That's how you land on the o. land on the O. Aaron. But then it should be Ow, because really Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. I'm just saying. The English two A's is stupid like as well. That, you know what? Though. Aaron's just a stupid name, no matter how you spell it. I'm that's gonna fair. go ahead and say that. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> Your brother is how we got on this. Who's no? His name is spelled spelled like that. Oh, Aaron doesn't give a shit. That's right. Uh, what were we actually talking Oh, yeah. We would. Uh, she came home with Silence of the Lambs. I love ADD. Isn't it great? You can just forget what you're talking about. It's and fantastic. Not even care. Um, she, she watched Silence of the Lambs. I remember not long after. This was, like, this was a big TV event, too. Because remember how you don't see TV movies until right. like years after they came out? Yeah. Well, like the next year or, or maybe even later that year when Silence of the Lambs had come out in theaters, it was like on TV. And my, my mom was like, don't watch it and everything. It was on TV. My brother and I were in our bedroom. She was watching it with one of her friends at the living room, and we kept turning on the the TV in our room and putting it on the the movie for a couple, like a minute at a time. Right. But then something fucked up would happen, like Hannibal Lecter would wear a face or something. Like you're like, oh fuck. But I remember, yeah. I remember at the time uh, we had started watching X Files. Okay. Okay. Did yeah. you ever watch X Files? No. Okay. Uh, not surprising. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck sakes. <laughs> Well, the I ex- know about it. Scalder and... and uh, yep. Yes, Mo- you can Mo- just say one word from any movie and I'll be like, oh, I know all about it. Uh, Scalder? What was the other one? Mo- Mulder? Mulder and Scully. Mulder and Scully, yeah. 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 <laughs> Scalder? Scully is Scully the guy? No. Ah, fuck. <laughs> See, I don't know if you're fucking around or if that was the purpose. No, I really didn't know. Okay, yeah. Fox, Mulder, Dana, Dana, Scully were the two characters. Okay. Uh, David Duchovny. And Jillian Anderson. Yeah, he's he was on uh, Californication. Yeah, you know all of his recent stuff. Yeah, watched the late night interviews, <laughs> saw the promo. I saw his promo. <laughs> he had to be checked into a sex addiction as well. Yeah, poor I think guy. Him and Taya Leone. My problem is I'm having too many sex adventures with hot women. No, I think it was Someone him and his wife. Taya Leone was his yeah. wife, yeah. and she had bad a sex, boys. She had a sex addiction. Addiction to what? Sex. <laughs> to, 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 
What, they sex. were fucking each other too much? I think they were fucking other My people. problem is we're fucking, uh, we're married and we're fucking each other too much in Hollywood. No, I think the places. problem was they were fucking other right, people of course. and not enough, but they were also fucking each other. It got too much, so they had to check in to rehab. As the story you, goes. Ever, it's funny, too, because the audience can't see us just trying to hold back laughter, staring right. at each other. Yep. But <laughs> like, I wonder how you, you cure a sex addiction. <laughs> They're like, put your penis in this hole. Yeah. And it's like a, a toaster. <laughs> they put your penis in the hole and they push the thing down and it starts to burn it. Ah! Why is it so Because they have to do like clockwork orange type things right so like do you think that they do the thing where like you know how they are holding his oh you fuck it's a movie <laughs> reference you piece of shit <laughs> yeah i've never seen clockwork orange either i went have to you a, seen the iconic scene where they're holding his eyes open making no, him watch stuff no they did it in the simpsons when 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 uh okay. mr Bur- you didn't watch the simpsons either no <laughs> no <laughs> how do you how do you talk Should to I this leave? guy <laughs> How do you talk? How do you have, yeah, how do you have a conversation? You know that thing? And you're like, no, 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 I don't. In the Clockwork Orange, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. Oh, for God's sake. I, I know who explain. he is. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the whole idea is that there's these criminals. The main character is, is Malcolm McDowell. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's been in a lot of things. Okay. And he, uh, the movie is about like not being able to change. This was going to be a dick joke, by the way, but now I have to explain a whole lot. So he's bad. a criminal. He gets sent to jail. Then he gets, uh, he, he volunteers to be a part of this program that's supposed to help criminals get out of jail sooner. And what happens is he sits in a chair and they, they strap this like apparatus to his eyes that hold his eyelids open. And then the one guy, they're just showing him footage and like dropping water droplets in his eyes to keep his eyes lubricated. So they're just, and it's like forcing him to watch these videos of like bombings and they play like music and stuff like that. But the whole idea is that they, associate they've also given him like a serum or something so what's happening is they associate uh what he's seeing on this footage with these these sick crampy feelings in his stomach so it's like showing naked women and stuff like that and crime happening oh and it gets six minutes so the whole idea is that like they're they're conditioning him to get physically ill every time he sees or thinks of violence or or, or rape or whatever and so what ends up happening is later on in the movie, like he he starts getting sick every time. It's like basically an immediate physical response to to thoughts, and he tries to kill himself or whatever. And the point of the movie is like a leopard can't change his spots, you know. No matter how much you try to change someone or force change, whatever, you're gonna be who you're gonna be, you know. Right. But anyways, the point is, is the very iconic scene in that movie, which they reference in The Simpsons and other things, is that they've got him sitting there, holding like with a. a apparatus that basically goes under the eyelid and holds the eye open so that he can't not watch what they're showing him and i was just going to suggest something similar for the sex addicts where it's like pulls back the foreskin and holds it off <laughs> you know anyone else that joke could have come and gone they would have got it ah get it come and gone to hold the eye open it's a sex joke in in and of itself come and gone where'd he go he came <laughs> he just left how do you teach someone not to be a sex addict? How do, you, how do you do it? I don't know. Normally, I would say just have them get married, and that ought to do it. Oh. But in this case. You don't get laid when you're married. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, that's strange. I, I would say unattractive people. You make them fuck unattractive people. Because mm. that's doing that's that's helping two people. 
right? The that one person doesn't do. want doesn't want to fuck anymore, which is right. why they came there, and the person who wouldn't have got laid otherwise. <laughs> That's right. That helps them out tremendously. Right? Especially if it's David Duchovny or Taya yeah. Leone. And it's like being, I, I thought about this the other day, it's like being interrogated. Right. Right? Like, if, if they put him in the room and, and said, fuck that unattractive man or woman, uh. and if he was like, no, no, it's great, I learned my lesson, they're going to go, no. No, we don't believe you. It's too early. Right? Just like if 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 you were in a, a espionage scenario where you get captured and you the guy wants to torture you to get information out of you, you right. there's no way you could just say everything right away and keep yourself from getting tortured. Because you know that guy wants to torture you at least a little bit. Whatever you say right away, there's no way they're ever going to believe that's what it is. Right. Right? So you've got to at least let them, you know, yeah, stab poke your face your way out of it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You, well, you're going you're gonna to get hurt a bit, right? There's no way they're just going to believe whatever you say. So you're going to take a, a, an ice pick to the balls at least once, uh-huh. right? Maybe, maybe a car battery to the nipples. Right. You're going to take some pain. And I'm just saying in the scenario with the sex addict, at least one unattractive person is going to get fucked because there's no way he can go, you know what? I don't want to fuck them. That's right. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm cured. No. You get in there. Get in and do you it. You do it at least once. One right? time. And then, and then at least that one person gets a little something. That's right. And then, and then that other person gets cured maybe. Or maybe they just figure out fucking fatties is their thing. If you don't submit this to the <laughs> National Sex Edition Addiction <laughs> Association when we're How done How funny here. is that? The Sex Edition? Like Edition L for yeah. fatties? <laughs> <laughs> that's their door <laughs> sex addiction through that door sex addiction through that door <laughs> it's all about that fucking c buddy is there a c or not you're yeah. going through the wrong damn door oh my god that's fucking hilarious and 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 very unfair poor poor unattractive people how dare we insinuate that they might get to fuck a celebrity and help someone in the process eh yeah it's so selfish of them to be hurt but also they're helping you know <laughs> Good on them to help get a beautiful, sex-addicted, famous person yeah. off that train by them being so disgusting. Like, I, yeah, I'd let Taya Leone fuck me to help her. Yeah, well. <laughs> to help her, right? You're a generous I, guy. Yeah. That's a nice thing to do. And I would lay... Not everybody would. I would even do the work, right? Because then she's helping me. Yeah. Be on top of her, sweating on her and everything. That, like, you don't that's think right. that's going to scare her straight? Damn right it is. Right? But then I get to fuck five celebrities in a week. Mm-hmm. Good cardio. Solid cardio. <laughs> You're looking better by the end of that week, and they're right? not having sex with and anybody anymore. And my confidence anymore. is up. Oh, way up. Right? I sweat I, all over Taylor Leone really? last night. I I'm only, on fire today. I only farted during sex once. <laughs> <laughs> she threw up, but I assume that's just from the bulimia. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's not it's your not, fault. No. That was predetermined. <laughs> she had a meal before she got in there and got sweat on. I bet people are missing the fact that you don't know movies. Above this part of the conversation, right I was now. <laughs> I was pretty pumped that we got onto this, so we didn't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> uh, I think I'm funnier when I drink. <laughs> Everybody does, and they're all wrong. Everyone thinks I'm funnier when I drink. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks you're Josh funnier is funnier when, when he drinks. Drink. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but you specifically, but me specifically. Yeah. There's a two drink minimum at a uh, Josh Williams show. Yeah. Before you get there. Yeah. One's, uh, one's Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll only fart during once. Once during sex. <laughs> you should do an album called I Only Fart Once During oh, Sex. I don't even know if this is worth writing down as a concept. It's like during sex addiction, what would you do to cure somebody? People watch The Biggest Loser and they're invested in that. Absolutely. 
there's a fruit fly flying on the table that both Jeff and I are fucking. Yeah, this guy's this guy's got some real nut and bag on him. This yep. fucking fruit fly. He's been around the whole time. He literally came in when we started this. Did he? He's just been taunting us. Oh, I just wasn't paying attention. I'm a professional. Uh, <laughs> so okay, let's get back to the London Tonight thing because that's sure. that was that was when I got to see you every week on you were you had a website and there was the worst TV show in the in the day. Mm-hmm. Godspeed Daytime. to the hosts. Yep. And then you come along and go. You guys are shit in the bed on this network. <laughs> no, you know how I got this? There, there was a kid uh, who went to Fanshawe College in, in London. He was like 18. And for a project, he was taking TV production. And as a project, they had to put together um, like a, telev- a television show pitch and what would be needed and whatever. So everybody always chooses like journalism or, or news, whatever, and or like a... I don't know. There's like a, a whole list that you can do. Anyway, he chose live talk show and was a big fan of like Jay Leno. And okay. so he wanted to do like a late night talk show. So he put it together. They did it at the school as like a project. And then when he left school, he was like, well, we have Rogers. Why don't I just take what we did here and pitch it to them? So he decided to film a pilot with his own, like his own money and cameras or whatever. He had a host, this guy named Tom Ebelwhite. So it was London Tonight with Tom Ebelwhite. And they booked um, this guy who did. He hosted the amateur nights at Yuck Yucks. His name was Rob. And he he came on as their head writer. So he would write bits and stuff. And then they asked him, do you know anyone in the city that we could book as guests uh, on the show? Uh, and he... Um, they hooked up with like a radio person and somehow, but they couldn't, he couldn't be there live. So they did like a pre-film thing and then, uh, they wanted, and then he asked me, would, would I come on and do like a set on the, uh, set in front of the live audience and then do like an interview with the host. And so I did that and, uh, it went really like it was, the host was just, he was really young. He was 18. He didn't know, uh, much about like he'd obviously never hosted anything before he was a bit of an improviser but never done stand-up or anything like that so i mean his monologue was a bit off um he wasn't the most comfortable guy just obviously being super young and like very inexperienced so they filmed the pilot and they took it to rogers and they showed them what they did and rogers like loved the idea of a late night show because they already had daytime but they said we want the idea but you can't have him as the host because he's just too he's just too inexperienced we need we need like a better host so they somehow either rogers or rob or the kid were like well what about this guy like the guest and they liked my set that i did on the shows like whatever five minutes and um so they were like well yeah what about him and so i so they came to me and said we're gonna do another pilot but with rogers this time they're gonna send their crew and their cameras and stuff and would you come on so i i got hired on as the host and then we realized it was a shitload of work to actually put one of these together just on the content side let alone the production and um so we did the first show uh they it had was some, once a week, right? It wasn't every night. It it ended up airing every night, but we taped it once a month. Oh wow! Yeah, 
it, it just took so long to put one show together and it, nobody was being paid for it. So it was like uh, people were working around jobs and working around other stuff <clears throat> like stand up. And so Rogers stuff. is like a shitty bar show where they're like, we'll give you a venue. Yeah. We'll give yeah. you, we'll give you the, uh, I mean, they were great in that they gave us all of the crew cause it's all volunteers, right? Like what Rogers is run completely by volunteers. Well, they don't have much money, right? They own sports teams and stuff. Yeah, no, I, yeah, they're struggling. They uh, they had to borrow some money from Bell or whatever. Um, no, but but like their local stuff, like the the local cable channel, they were okay. I mean, it was like it was they had ads and stuff like that. But um, but they they only paid. I think they only paid like four producers, a sales guy, a GM, an executive producer, and then two or three hosts that were on their shows. Everyone else was a volunteer, all the camera people, all, a lot of the editors. And it was kids from Fanshawe or people that had been in the workplace that wanted to get into production. So we had like an entirely staffed group of volunteers. We did one pilot. It led to another show. We did like a like a beginning show with uh, Nazem Kadri right before he left London to go to Toronto okay. right at that time. So he got a lot of buzz in the, in the city. And then the kid that started the show was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's too much work. So he left and the show went to me and Lars Classington, a guy named Ez Fidel that was kind of like our, our, uh, he was like more of a producer, but a little bit on camera and writing. And then a guy named Al Val, uh, was a, was another like writer contributor. So it was like, we turned it into a full-time job. We were there every day. We were writing every day. We were just filming these live things once a month. Cause the other thing is we did all the, writing we did all the like pre-film stuff if we had if we had sketches or whatever and then we had to fill a 110 seat venue once a month so we would put all of our stuff into like the content and then we would try for like three weeks or four weeks leading up or three or two or three weeks leading up we would be hammering people to, to go get tickets and then at first they were paid tickets and then eventually we were like we just, just give these tickets away yeah. and we'll and then we made money off ads so we ended up with sponsors and stuff like that so we started making a, a little bit of money nothing that was full-time um but it it was called london tonight so it it couldn't go anywhere we couldn't take it and then pitch it to a bigger network where they were, you know, where they were like, just bring everybody in the show. It was, it would have been maybe us or me as a host or whatever. And then we would have had to change the name of the show. So that's uh, kind of how it ended. Yeah. 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 We well, realized I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching it. Thank you. We, we had a dope ass website for it. <clears throat> yeah. We, we put a lot of work into it. I mean, the, the amount of work that we, the four of us put in, um, Two, two, like myself and Lars were like, we were the ones that really didn't have any other job as had a job and Al went to school. So daytime, it was all us nighttime. We would all kind of meet. And I mean, a lot of times it was six, seven days a week that were day and night. And then, um, but like, obviously like none of that feels like work. You're just, you're just doing it. But looking back, it's like, holy shit, man, we, we put it's hours and hours and hours and hours into that. Yeah. And so we would go to like, we would go to these meetings with sponsors and we would have these weird meetings with like Rogers where we would have these content meetings where they would go like, we can give you, uh, I remember them saying like, we can give you one shit. Like you can say shit once. Cause we, we would push, we were like nothing else on that 
network because it was all like you know woodworking and and like these guys in their basements kind of doing these like yeah. weird shows or it was all about london and these events in london and and then daytime so once we filmed the first like five or six episodes which was over the course of five or six months they put us on every night they just cycled through the same shows every every night at like 11 or eleven thirty at night on uh on the london rogers so we ended up getting like a lot of good feedback from people a lot of people watch we became one of the most like one of the most watched independent productions um that wasn't a rogers specific production so we were averaging like um we we're averaging like a hundred thousand views a month so every day we were on but in the course of a 30 day month we were we would get like a hundred thousand views or whatever but just in london in the london woodstock you know region or whatever that's still a wicked accomplishment dude it was great i mean yeah like it, it was it was the most fun i've ever had doing something i was working with friends we were we were uh I mean, we had to write jokes. We had to write monologue. We had to write sketches. We had to book guests. We had to figure out how to get, um, like, if we had a comic on one month, we would do, like, a band the next month. If we had a radio person, like a local, we did a lot of, like, the, the local London celebrities. There's a couple guys that were in the UFC that were from London. There was, uh, um, like, Tucker and Taz were, like, the number one show uh, in in radio show in london mm -hmm. so we had them on d mindy and gord were their competitors so we had them on it was like everybody that in london that ever that anybody ever knew we had them on on the show so it was like the cool sort of show to be on in london which was did, awesome did you start to get recognized around town from like yeah a lot yeah, yeah it, it happened a lot uh and we we started getting booked at events and stuff too which was cool so we would we would go a lot of it was me and lars um, that would go like kind of co-host or he, or I would be hosting and I'd bring him out to do some weird like sketch or whatever. Um, and then if we were out, like we worked on that a lot. So a lot of times we would be working till like, I don't know, 11 or midnight or something. And we would just go like grab a drink, you know, just kind of blow off some steam after. And, uh, yeah, a lot of times we would go into places and people would be like, Hey, London tonight, what's up? Oh yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was, it was like. The whole time in your mind, you're like, this is really cool, but it is only in London. If I drive half an hour down the 401, nobody knows who the hell yeah, I am. Yeah, exactly. You know? but, uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was cool. Um, it was a cool feeling and a cool, like, it was such a great uh, learning experience on even just writing, even just figuring out how to craft a joke by taking a news story that happened in London or around the area and like figuring out how to how to make it funny how to craft a joke out of it where where to put it and then there was a whole selection process we would sit down i would read jokes to a, a group of comics and we would you know thumbs up thumbs down whatever so so you do a little the table reads and things like yeah that, oh just yeah to see how that goes. yeah that's awesome dude. i mean there was like we probably wrote i would say we easily wrote maybe 50 to 75 jokes for a show um and and then we would you know whittle those down to like the top 10 and and then do those and the monologue was monologue was usually maybe 10 to 12 minutes and then we would cut that down to like eight or nine in in uh in editing and stuff like that and then we would work on like the guest whoever booked the guest if they knew like as was big into the um the uh mma scene so he knew the ufc guys so he knew like ask them these questions because okay they'll know, you know and then 
I would learn like about their their whatever. Learn how to basically create an interview. Yeah. 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 And and like I'm curious by nature. So like it was it was a natural thing to me to have people on just asking a bunch of questions anyway. Right. And then filling in it was really just filling in the gaps of information. Like he has a fight coming up on August 7th. Make sure you mention the fight. So, you know, talk to him about whatever you want, but mention that fight and then talk about the fight. And, you know, and that's where, that's the part where I don't know how to fight. I don't know what the fuck he's training or like, I don't know any of that, but asking and then finding out and then plugging the fight and, and always plugging was the other thing. Right. Cause I can get caught up like, going back and forth with somebody, I have a thousand questions, but then I never plug whatever they were, they were there for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, we plugged your show tonight off the top. That's already that's gone right. two days ago. Yeah. yeah. Where, where can, where can people uh, like, where are you on next? This is going to come out on Friday. Yes. So where, where can people see you? Cause I have listeners all over Ontario or oh, Ontario, cool. Canada and the United States. So awesome. There's people everywhere. Where, where are you next? Um, Next, uh, so I'm on a tour this, this week. Well, I guess this weekend doesn't matter. So after this weekend, uh, well, this weekend might August, matter. They're going to hear it Friday morning, Friday morning. So yeah, Friday, uh, uh, I forget the name of the town, small <laughs> town, small town near Kingston, Battersea, Battersea. Okay. So and, Kingston uh, listeners might. Yeah. Kingston area, I guess. Um, cause it's outside. Then there's another one at Wolf Island where you have to take a ferry, I guess, over to the, to the island, which is cool. Um, I've only ever done that once. And it was Peely Island. And it was, okay. It was, oh no, we didn't even take a ferry. This guy picked us up in a boat. He, we parked in Leamington and then this guy brought a boat over and we jumped on his boat and he just like drove us over. Well, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. How do you was, book these shows? Um, the, the, the Peely Island one, oddly enough, have you ever heard of Betty Wilkins? No, she was, uh, I don't know if she still is a comic, but she, she was this elderly lady, like in her seventies who just decided to start doing stand up, and, and she called herself like the filthy grandma or something like that. Okay. Cause she would tell her like really dirty jokes. She lived in Windsor. Windsor's very close to Leamington and Peely Island is just across the river from Leamington. Okay. So okay. she was the one that booked that. But ordinarily how I get these is I look for venues in a, in a small town that aren't um that don't have any other type of comedy or the usually it'll be like <clears throat> the most they do is maybe karaoke or a band or something along those lines and i look for those type of venues and then i'll go on i'll look at the pictures of of what it the, looks like inside. yeah to see okay could this be set up properly for comedy sometimes i'm right sometimes i am way way off and and i'll just like cold call or cold email and just be like, here's what we do. Um, we do, you know, stand up comedy. I can get you one comedian. If you just want me, if your budget's low, I'll get two, three, whatever. So I, I just, uh, I try to look for places in towns where, cause I love, uh, uh going to small towns where they're really appreciative that you just came there. Yeah. And, so right away their energy is is big and they're they're excited for the show and it's something they've never all, most of the people that I perform for in these towns are people that have never even seen live stand up comedy before so they they have no idea like they they know Netflix or they know YouTube or they know famous people but right. they've never physically been to uh, an actual like live stand-up show so a lot of times it'll be like this was great I've never done this before I've always thought about going to you know, absolute in Kingston because it's an hour away or I've thought about going to Ottawa or whatever, yeah. but they've never, they've never done it. And yeah. now it's like, 
holy shit, well, you're fine. at I'm my gonna do that for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that. You know, you, you know where that started. I don't like. I'll keep. I'll. I, I don't want to. This is how it started. I basically, when I was eighteen, I sent a tape to Mark Breslin. Okay, and he called me and and uh, essentially said no. Like you can't work here. Yeah. He said a lot more than that, but <laughs> the, the 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 nice answer was no. Yeah, and and so I at the time, I mean, this was was this, fifteen years ago, I guess. So I was like crushed, and I was you know eighteen. I'd been doing comedy sort of for four years. I'd been doing yuck yucks uh, open mics for definitely the two like sixteen eighteen, um, and still kind of doing my own shows. And I was like, man, I don't I don't know how to. I want to do comedy, but this the the guy who's the gatekeeper of comedy just said like you basically was saying he told me don't stop like stop him he basically said really yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah nobody should ever tell anyone stop they're just gonna tell you you gotta get way better yeah it was it was not it was not a phone call that was like let me give you some advice it was like comedy's not for everybody you should probably stop now you're young you can do anything just don't don't do this that was this again that's the nicer version of the what i heard but anyway that's not what the, the point of the story is that's still the nice version <laughs> yeah yeah like it was very and and here's why uh is i i sent a tape uh, like uh-huh. a vhs tape and i and i called and hounded the office for months before mm-hmm. i got this call so it was essentially a call to say like please stop alone. calling yeah, <laughs> yeah. but which would have been fine i would have accepted please stop bothering me and no that's fair but the way that it was presented what happened? was, it was, it was just, uh, um, it was like Jeff, <laughs> he goes, he goes, you ever told this story? Yeah. Uh, I told it in a motivational talk to kids once. Uh, like okay, I, well, I've told the comics, but I've, yeah. but I told it in like a, you know, like a motivational thing to kids about, um, about people saying no in your life. And, and just because, one person says no doesn't mean that everyone will say no and it doesn't mean that they're right either you know um so anyway it was just a call that was like jeff's mark breslin from yuck yucks uh i got your tape and i'm like yes like in my mind i'm like yes and then he goes uh i i I just wanted to call you to let you know that was the worst probably the worst uh stand-up comedy set i've ever seen in my life wow um and then i'm like fuck how many this guy's seen every comedian ever this is the worst he goes, uh, comedy's not for everybody, and uh, um, you know you're still young. You, you got you got time to do anything. I I would I would stop now, and and uh, no like and that that was basically it. I think he just kind of hung up the phone, and I was just stunned. I was like, holy shit! Like it was so quick and so fast, and it wasn't like, hey man, just calling. I just wanted to give you a call. I know Thanks you're trying to get the on tape, the roster. But, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you for this. No, thank you. No, no. It was just like. You gotta stop doing this. You should stop right now. Quit and uh, and never do this again. It was terrible, and uh, it was pretty bad. I mean, it like looking back now, it was a pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but I mean, worse. I've seen way worse. I've I have already seen way worse than he has, and he's been around for right forty years. So uh, anyway, well, I made so, him. I made him introduce himself to me. Oh really? One time. Well, because because the thing is, uh, everyone <laughs> everyone I'd ever met has said he's got this very kiss the ring vibe to him. Oh yeah. That he's that totally. he's that he's the man in comedy. He makes or breaks careers. Right. So when I when I was nominated for Canadian Comedy Award, we had to go and do a show at Yuck Yucks, which I didn't like because I wasn't associated with Yuck Yucks at the time. Right. And uh, 
because of the way that the industry is like with you signed with yucks and now you belong to them i i didn't like the idea that i was going to be seen on their stage and and thus potentially seen as a yucks comic right right um so I just, I remember I was sitting in the back of the room and Breslin came in and he was, you know, everyone's like, oh, hey, Mark, da, 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 everything like that. And he came up to me and he's like, and um, he goes, hello. And I go, hey, how are you? And he goes, uh, very good. Thank you. What's your name? I'm like, uh, Josh Williams. And, and you are? And he's like, Mark Breslin. I go, oh, very nice Mark, to meet you, Mark. I go, are you a comedian as well? Like, and he's like, I'm the <laughs> owner. And I go, oh, very nice to meet you. Well, thank you for having me. Like, like I knew who he was. Of course, I knew exactly who he was. Of course, you did. But I've, I, that's my, <laughs> and I don't think that's rude of me. I'm being mildly manipulative. It's great. But I think that some of these guys who think that everyone should just know who they are, right? Every now and again, just to remind them that you're not a walking legend, right? Right. You're, you know, you're, you're just, you know. And I love the look on his face too. Oh yeah. That maybe a comic in Canada didn't know every who he was. yeah that that's worth everything that yeah. look is worth and because here's the thing I everything. know he used to do comedy and I know he's I know he like many 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 people in the uh, industry thank you sorry text message came in completely derailed my brain oh is that uh, oh okay. it's an Apple Watch but I'm, oh, okay, I'm doing okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Oh, I, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. I don't know either, but, but that was yeah, just, just Yeah, Breslin, everyone in the industry knows, uh, yeah, it's gone. It, I, but I assure you it would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I, yeah, I, I guess I wasn't trying to like be a dick to him, but it was just more or less like. No, but in this, you know, it's like a humble pie for a sec. That he probably yeah, like, yeah, does. everyone might know who you are and kiss your ass or whatever, but it's like, yeah, you're not. To be on an, oh, I remember what I was going to say. The fact that every comic and everyone in the industry, right? Like when you when you kill an industry, you get two hundred people in a room, yeah, and you're and you're just demolishing. But there's that one person there with their arms crossed. Oh yeah, we all. That's the one that you. That's, that's you the one you leave on. and you take home with you in your head and like, what was this? Lost sleep. Why did that guy, guy hate me so much? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm just saying, I know that as much as everyone's like, oh hi Mark, how are you? All this stuff. That one guy who's like, oh I'm sorry, who are you? Do you do right. comedy or what, what are you? Right. I know that's what he's leaving with. That that, that one fat cocksucker who just sat there didn't know who I was. Totally. Yeah, I'm man. Like, you know what? We got paid twenty five dollars for that show. Canadian Comedy Award nominees for best stand up newcomers. Twenty five bucks each for the set. Thanks for the thanks for the fucking twenty dollars a head show. You. <laughs> dancing my sorry five. are you are you the guy paying me 25 dollars? is that who you are i'm the owner oh oh wow well now having Things seen not you going i'm sure well. it's 25 bucks you see how much your suits don't fit no wonder you don't have the money <laughs> you don't have the money to tailor your suits of course you can't afford to pay us that's rude whenever i'm pretty sure breslin doesn't listen to my podcast so if he whatever. does not anymore yeah exactly i've this, lost this a will end that for sure <laughs> but yeah so he so after that phone call i was like I was basically about to. I was about to take his advice. Really, I was like, <laughs> really. Well, I'm 18. He this, this is the this is the man who just said a no. Man, a man, man, 12 inches shorter than me just told me. Yeah, the fucking- <laughs> right. And uh, and so I was I was just like I'm done. And and uh, I like told you know told my mom and I, and she was like, but why? Like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, he just said I can't do comedy. And she's like, didn't he just say you can't do comedy there? And I said, yeah. And she's like, so go do comedy somewhere else. Like, yeah. he's not telling you you can't do comedy. How can he? And he doesn't and own like, comedy as much right. as you might think he does. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but he, the, but he, the, these are all the places to do it. Right. And at the time, I mean, I don't even think there was, 
in in Ontario, certainly, I think it was the only thing, maybe the Laugh Resort in Toronto or something, I think it was the only thing. And so I was like, obviously, if I can't work for him, I can't work. And she's like, what about, what about like a bar or, a, you know, like all these other venues? And I just started like formulating that in my head. And a few months later, I was graduating high school. And so I sent out letters, hand like not handwritten, but like typed out right. letters to uh, bars all over Ontario, like everywhere that I could find. I think there was 112 bars that I found. Wow. So I sent them out by mail, by actual like physical St- stamp mail, stamp mail <laughs> to 100 and I think it was 112. I booked 11 shows over a summer, which was uh, started late June, July and August. And usually like weekends, Fridays or Saturdays, whatever. My own tour my own show and uh and that was it i was like oh okay well then this is how i'll do comics i started that summer and then sorry i uh, just scratched my ear and (laughs) whacked the fucking mic sorry buddy (laughs) the look on your face is priceless though i don't i think it's that teeter that teeter like what as the mic's like oh this is this is loud um yeah so once i once i booked the uh those 11 shows that was it for me i was like okay well then this is going to be how I do comedy. So I just started and that's what led me to the like smaller towns. And it was, um, is the greatest. It was just me too. I didn't, I didn't really have openers. It was just literally me for as long as I could talk. Uh, I think they all paid me a hundred bucks and it was like the, probably the most I had made in my life as a, as a, especially kid. for the amount of workload. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're working like your, your ass off in a dish pit or at a fucking fast food joint. You're right. busting your ass for nothing. Right. And then you could show up for an hour, talk about your dick and here's a hundred bucks and yeah. a drink. And you're like, wow. And I, and I realized like, uh, uh, that, and I was like, okay, well, why don't I just put my time into booking shows then if I'm going to, everybody seems to have to have a job. Like that's what I'm seeing around me is guys getting jobs or going to school, and I don't want to do either one of those things. <laughs> I hear you. I can't go to school because my grades are not good enough, and I don't. There's nothing I want to take. I don't want to work anywhere. So if I just spend my time booking shows, then certainly that I, if I'm getting eleven from this way, then I might I could probably book them for however long. So I just started doing that, and then went from there. That's awesome. Yeah. So where where's the next place that people can see you? Uh, maybe bigger bigger city. Drive some traffic. You're like I'm gonna be on Wolf Island. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Jim Bob's picking me up in his boat. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Port Colborne, Ontario, uh, which is like the Niagara region. Very nice area. Don Cherry's on uh, August 18th, Ooh. and then uh, August 25th in Windsor at the City Grill Event Center. Ooh. Then in September, I'm opening for Mick Foley. Yep. Uh, he's doing like that. I think he's probably coming here too, right? Oh. Um, I think so. To Ottawa. Oh, maybe not Ottawa, but maybe. Uh, uh, I know he's coming to Kingston, so that's what made me think of Ottawa. But um, anyway, yeah. So there. And uh, um, where are you else? opening for McFoley again? Sorry. Oh, in London. Sorry. London Music Hall. Okay. In, cool. in uh, my hometown. It's like I, the bookers of the tour uh reached out and so i was like yeah i'll I'll, i hooked him up with the music hall which is like the best venue in london and um yeah so that'll be fun and i'm a huge wrestling fan so that yeah that'll be a lot of fun i i've been i've got a lot of friends like i said listeners of the podcast who've been like we need you to come out to the uh 
to the you know london i'm like okay so london music hall a big venue i assume though probably be very it's massive yeah yeah, yeah okay, it's well, like six seven hundred uh seated um i think 1100 for like music shows and stuff like that oh, wow. but but uh, i will say this they have rum runners which is a smaller venue so the oh, okay. so it's like, i thought you meant like in the <laughs> in the hall there's people who will run your rum to you oh no there's that like, too. like they're servers uh, they call them run rum, <laughs> yeah, rum runners yeah. yeah these are yeah. not servers they're rum runners excuse me you run get some rum so they um, call them on wolf island or whatever. yeah that's right <laughs> where's the fucking rum runners <laughs> little cocksuckers spry fellas <laughs> They got the <laughs> little hands. Yeah, yeah they got those little hands, so they can really the carry that rum. Yeah, fuckers. here you go. Are you my rum runner for the evening? <laughs> yes, I am. Um, yeah. So the the uh, but they have uh, the the music hall is like three venues in one. So they have the the big hall for the main shows, and then like rum runners, I think is maybe a hundred and something seats. Okay. So if you're if you are doing London and you're and you're looking <clears throat> to. Uh, do a venue rum runners is great for, okay for i'll probably like reach out to you too because you'd be a good, be big resources to like where i should promote and yeah absolutely and yeah 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 De- definitely man it's it, i mean london london is a really good city but there's there's certain times of the year where people don't go see events and then there's a, like once the fall kind of begins it's like event event uh london becomes like about patios i guess everywhere's like that kind yeah. of in the summer but london's very big on patios in the summer well that's cool well i yeah. I, I definitely suggest all my friends come to, uh, especially my london people go to uh, go see jeff please do yeah please when, when was it in london again bring uh, dvds september what uh september 7th september is the 7th Foley show that's my yeah. brother's birthday so it's easy is it really remember. yeah it'll be easy for me to remember there we go it's september 7th september 7th in london opening for mick foley who is mankind dude love and a bunch of other things cactus from jack cactus jack that's line jack Yours foley three. as well Nah, I don't know nope. that one. That's not a thing. That was uh, his original name in WWE when he had his first tryout ever. That's lame. Yep. You should watch more movies, ass face. By the way, I'm, I won't... <laughs> that particular piece of knowledge was from a, a documentary called Beyond the Mat. So. I've seen Beyond the Mat. I don't remember Jack. You don't remember Foley. Jack Foley? No. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm lying. It's not even in that. It's from the uh, Faces of Foley. I'm sorry. Okay, well, yeah. that I didn't see. Yeah, well. But, hey, you know what, Josh? Why don't you start watching some more uh, wrestling documentaries? Nope. nope. No. You'll get some of And I still had like 95% of the info. I didn't know his first name, his early works. But <laughs> his dad's name. You, his dad's I can't even tell giant. people to bring you DVDs because you just said how like some director prodigy handed you a bag full of amazing and you're like, yeah. I haven't looked at it once. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that was like 20 years ago. <laughs> um, well, dude, I really appreciate you. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, Facebook is where I do. Okay. Uh, what do you, what do you, are you on everything? You want Instagram? I Twitter, like all, yeah. I don't do anything with them. Okay. Cause I, I have an Instagram that's connected to my Facebook that okay. I never use, but I somehow have 500 people that are, that are looking at what I'm doing. I guess it just goes like wherever you post certain you can, things. Yeah, it'll you go can there. set it up so that when you post one, post it. So somehow I've set that up. So Instagram, I don't even know the name of it, but Jeff Leeson, uh, comedy on Facebook is like the main thing that I use. That's the fan page. Well, follow my buddy, Jeff Leeson on, uh, on Facebook and you can see where we're just coming on. Uh, Jeff Leeson comedy.com has a tour dates. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Jeff Leeson comedy.com. Yeah. Dude. Thanks so much for sitting down and uh, shooting you. the shit with me, buddy. It's always a pleasure. Thanks man. I'm sorry. You're only in town for one night. <laughs> me too. 